Welcome to episode 82 of Shame Talks. Happy New Year! Exactly one year ago today, I dropped a podcast announcing the return of Shame Talks without even talking to my co-host, Mr. Jason L. Mayer. So one year later, I'm very happy to see him on here with me because like I said, I didn't talk to you about it. I didn't talk to you about, are you ready to come back? Are you willing to come back? I dropped a video on January 1st, 2023 and said, hey, we're going to come back. And luckily you were still on board for it. So a year later, thank you for being back with me, sir. You're welcome. Word. Great introduction to greatest co-host in the history of podcasting, Mr. Jason L. Mayer. How, uh, Happy New Year, man. I know today's kind of a special day for you. You want to talk about uh, what's awesome about January 1st in your life? Which are you referring, sir? I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Yeah, um, uh, January 1st is first date ever with my now wife and uh, went to a New Year's Eve party, uh, had had a good time and then went on our first date on New Year's Day and the rest is history. Word. Very happy for you guys. I really like how you guys celebrate together every year. That's pretty badass. So Congratulations. So when would that first date have been? What year? 2006. That was 06. Yep. Nice. Yep. Very, so. very cool. Awesome. 18 crazy years. 18 awesome years, man. Very envious of you guys. It's pretty badass, dude. Um, all right. Well, let's uh how was your holidays, man? Uh again, I mean I I feel like last month's episode, we talked about how uh, you had me over for Thanksgiving. So now we can talk about you had me over for Christmas dinner also, man. I appreciate being like the Joey to your family. Like, that's really awesome, man. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I, well, I, I mean, you almost weren't there because of your own choosing. So I know, that, but that was just yeah. miscommunication because uh, I'm forgetful. So uh, I don't have an excuse other than I just completely spaced it. So, yeah. Uh, you definitely did invite me over at um, at Thanksgiving, and I completely forgot about it until two or three days before Christmas when your wife was verifying if I was coming over, and I was like, I haven't been invited. And she was like, yeah, you have. I, I was sitting right next to right next to Jason when he invited you, and, and you said you'd come over. And I was like, oh, huh. And, like, I'm not even an alcoholic anymore, so, like, I have no excuse that I drank too much that night or anything, so... Yeah, but cool. I still made it. I still appreciate it. We still had a good time. Yeah. Uh, besides that, uh, this past uh, on the 22nd, my family did our normal tradition of going downtown, eating at the old spaghetti factory, walking around our. Oh, the monument behind you. Yes, sir. The monument and what used to be called the circle, uh, the the tallest lit up tree in the world or something like the that world's but then christmas tree before it got world's rebranded circle christmas of lights place. yep yep had to be rebranded circle of lights because it's not a not tree, a tree. <laughs> so they uh we did that we uh so every year yeah we go down we eat at old spaghetti factory we walk around the circle for a little bit and see the lights and stuff like that um and then on the 23rd we followed that up with us going straight no chaser for like our I want to say it's like our 10th year in a row but I can't swear to that I know that we've gone off and on since the 2014 at least uh I don't I don't think we've missed any but I can't swear to it one way or the other um 
but yeah, saw straight no chaser, which was always is always a great time. If you've never been, I totally recommend it to anybody anywhere in the United States. If they're in your area, go see them. They're a lot of fun. They're very silly. Um, from do you, IU, do you know and, how uh, big their tour is? I mean, obviously they come to Indy because they're from IU, but like, do you know how? Is it like a Midwest tour? Is it? Oh no, it, it's not. It's a national. Okay. Awesome. So, um. And then uh, that was on the then on New Christmas Eve, I got to uh, watch the Patriots blunder their loss to the Broncos by actually hitting a field goal <laughs> for once in this season. Uh, so they ended up winning that game and uh, apparently ending Russell Wilson's time in Denver uh, because he's since been benched. Um, so that was on Christmas Eve. Then we had Christmas with you, and I had it with all my wonderful family um it was great to some... see your dad that day i hadn't seen your dad in years so it was yeah awesome to see your dad yep. always good and to I have love, him like, the thing i love about like hanging out with your dad was like after we were done eating and we were just talking about movies like your dad was literally talking to us about movies like he was one of us and like he's always been like one of our like movie talking dudes like it was just great to have conversations with him and like he knows trivia about movies and like hearing uh, him and your mom talk about movies that they went on dates to go see in the theater together. Like, man, that was just, it was, it was like a, an awesome nostalgic conversation for like nostalgia that we weren't even a part of. So like, it was just, it was really fun. It was really fun hanging out with your dad that day. Yeah. And you know, it, um, I truly believe my love of cinema became from him for the most part, because uh, he was always somebody when he worked at the movie theater, he used to let me go to the movie theater with him to, you know, go to work. And then I'd ride home with him when he was done working for the day. Um, on top of that, like we used to pirate VHS tapes that we've rented from the video <laughs> before you could actually buy VHS tapes for 20 or 30 bucks. They used to cost 80, 90, a hundred dollars a pop. Mm -hmm. You're talking about in the eighties. Mm -hmm. So like today's prices have been like $400 or $500 for a videotape. Um, but yeah, so uh, we used to rent them from the from there was a there was a video store on the base in Germany, and it was literally in a trailer. Um, but yeah, so we used to rent videos from this trailer, and uh, that was on the base, and then we'd come home and we had the two VHS decks connected to each other, and you'd put the original in one, and you'd put your your uh your blank cassette on your blank vhs and the other and you'd hit record on this one hit play on that one and record the entire movie so that you had your own um we were just talking about this today through text like we ended mm -hmm. up with the, so many videotapes and so many titles on those tapes that we ended up actually making a library like of contents essentially like so we had a full like um catalog of absolutely every movie that we had and and each tape was numbered sequentially so you could find it faster and you always had to put it back where it should go and if somebody <laughs> did you get mad at them because of the fact that you can't find the tape you're looking for because somebody didn't move everything back the way they should have mm -hmm. oh my gosh and i used to spend so much time reorganizing that over and over again uh, that probably didn't help my maybe it did help my OCDs <laughs> things well, that I like, had I didn't I didn't waste time in the group chat talking about this but like uh, my dad and I were of two different mindsets with this my dad was very much more like you guys 
where he had his tapes and he had his like two ring binder and he would print off pages. It was like on tape one, here's the three movies that are on there on tape two. Here's the three movies that are on there. I just wrote on the labels what movies were on there. And if I decided to record over something, I just scratched it out and tried to squeeze in rewriting the new movie. So I was, I did not have as many tapes as my dad. Uh, I mean, like his tapes had stuff that I watched on it and whatnot, but I was, I was far more unorganized back in the VHS days than I am um, with my digital setup now. It's a whole lot easier to be uh, organized digitally. So, Although, and then, well, I mean, don't get me started because then you got movies like Fast and the Furious franchise where they're not alphabetically put. So on my iTunes, they're all over the place and not in order. And like, and that gets frustrating to me. I wish there was a way I could go in and be like, Fast and Furious equals F1. Uh, too fast, too furious, which is all the way either at the top or the bottom, depending on which app I'm in. Uh, it should be F2. Like, so yeah, the, the Fast and Furious franchise, a little upsetting. I feel like I think the Harry Potter ones might have. I don't. I don't own the whole set on on digital, but I think they might have smartly numbered them like Harry Potter one, and then put the subtitle in it so they were in the right order. I I don't know if they did that or not. What I can tell you is the other one that infuriates me uh-huh. is that it it's Marvel's The Avengers, and then sometimes it's just The Avengers. And sure. so like like Endgame or whatever. So it's like The Avengers are all over the place, depending if you're on certain apps as well. So yeah, it, it's sense. a but, but it is what it is. So we oh, will yeah. uh, get over it at some point. But uh, yeah, so that was... um. That was on Christmas Day. Uh, Christmas Day. Um, then on the day after Christmas, I took my kiddos to go bowling while Letha had to work, and nice. uh, we we uh, we went bowling during the day. And then that night, we went and saw Wish. So feedback on Wish. I know we've cut out the "What have you watched recently?" from the show, but give me a quick uh, your thoughts and feelings on Wish. Uh, Wish uh, on a five scale for me, it's a three star. Okay. Uh, uh, it's a middle of the road Disney film. It has a lot of um, winks and nods towards a lot of their other content or their other IPs. Okay. Um, they do something really, really cool with the end credits oh. uh, to celebrate a hundred years of Disney Walt Disney Studios. So I thought that was kind of a, we all really enjoyed it as a group. Nice. Um so. I definitely would recommend sticking around for that. But yeah, um, it was a good time. It's so, like a pretty decent holiday you had going on there. It was on, it uh, was busy, busy couple of days, but yeah. Well nice. Friday the twenty second. Uh, my buddy Matt uh is he accepted a job in New York State. He's gonna work for I don't know, I don't know if it's a Republican or a Democrat or whatnot. Yeah, I'll get to it. Uh, I'll I'll get to it. Uh but so I had his going away party that afternoon. He He's in politics, so he does uh, campaign management. So he just did Jefferson Shreve here in Indiana, and obviously they lost their campaign, so he had to find a new job. So we accepted one in New York State um, in a small town. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited for him. Uh, had his going away party. I uh, got to go to Chris Kendall Mart, which was a lot of fun that day. We went out for a nice dinner, uh, went out and did some cigars, and then I ended up hanging out with you, and we'll talk about it more later, but you and I went and saw a a show together that night, Phoenix on the Fault Line, and it kind of spurred on some stuff that we're going to talk about later in the show, which uh, was an awesome time hanging out on Friday night with you and everybody else that we got to hang out with. Um, 
the Christmas Eve, I got to go over to Garrett and Ryan's parents' house for the second year in a row. They've kind of, much like you and your family, they've kind of taken me in for their Christmas Eve stuff and made me part of their family for that. So we do, um, I I mean, it, we do all kinds of different fondue. So like there's cheese fondue at one point in the afternoon. And then I didn't realize that dinner fondue is literally putting meats into boiling hot um, oil what? to cook it. Uh, like I just thought that I've heard of cheese fondue and, and uh, chocolate fondue, which we then do chocolate fondue for dinner. But last year was my first time ever doing like apparently real fondue, putting meats into into oil. And that's always delicious. Like the food was really amazing. So had a lot of fun. We do a, a, a gift exchange steel event thing that night, which is usually just a lot of alcohol getting passed around. Like you buy a, a decent, like a nice bottle of alcohol to bring or a silly gift or whatever. Uh, but yeah, so got to do that on Christmas Eve, spent Christmas Day with you and your family, which was awesome. And then last night I got to go to the Trans-Siberian Orchestra for 2007 was my first year going. So like, it's not 17 total times because there's been a couple of years that they went to Fort Wayne instead of Indianapolis. So like in there, I've missed at least two years. But every year they've come to Indianapolis since 2007, I've gone. So awesome show last night. Lots of fun. Uh, I was really excited. Uh, I meant to look this up. Uh, one of the sets that I always love that they occasionally do is the movie th or the, the theater set. Um, one of their music, they did like a 45 minute music video for, for some of their songs and they set it inside an old movie theater. So this is, I think, the third time they've done this set, but the marquee for the movie theater is what the drum is on. And so it raises up to become the marquee of the movie theater. And then you've got the theater doors below it and stuff like that. But then uh, it also lowers back down when it's not story time and stuff like that. So it was an amazing, I was happy they did that set again this year. It was really cool. And uh, for the first time, I've never seen them do this. They put um, Queen of the Winter Night was behind everybody in the middle of the audience, and they put her in a, a giant snow globe. Uh, so that was pretty awesome. Uh, normally, it's just like a stage that raises up and spins around. Uh, but this here, it was a giant snow globe with Queen of the Winter Night in it. Uh, so yeah, I had a lot of fun. Uh, like your tradition of Straight No Chaser, I do TSO every year. And this year, was really, really, I really enjoy the show. They did... They did things a little different, which is fine. I don't mind them changing stuff up. I was most happy they didn't do the dragon song. Um, I'm really kind of sick and tired of their dragon song. I, I love the Night Castle album, but like really the only song they do from Night Castle is this dragon song. It is just so repetitive. It, uh, yeah, I'm just glad they didn't do that this year. Um, they still left out a couple of my favorites, which I don't you know ever expect them to really, <laughs> excuse me. One of them is from their uh, rock opera that they put on Broadway back in the 80s. Uh, Gutter Ballet uh, was a rock opera they did in the 80s. There's a song from that that they've done like twice that I really love. And then on the Night Castle album, there's a song called Believe, which as I was thinking about it last night, it's really funny that I love this song called Believe. And then there's the whole Ted Lasso Believe thing. Just kind of find it funny the way, it, you know, the universe sometimes works out that way. But yeah, so that was my Christmas. I had a lot of fun. Last also, I forgot that uh, since we last recorded, I got to perform four times with my family. Uh, yeah. Masera, Masera was in a dance uh, show for her dance studio, and I got to be a dad elf. And I got a, to. It was a lot of fun, man. You, 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 
you cheesed it up a lot, man. And you did great. Well, that that's kind of the whole point of being a dad elf is to cheese <laughs> it up and be as cheesy as possible. So uh had a wonderful time doing it, had a blast. Uh won't, you know, if uh if I'm asked to do it again next year, I don't see any reason why I would ever turn that down. So um so yeah, we'll see how we'll see how everything shakes out. But very awesome. Great time doing that. So Cool. Well, uh, so to start off 2024, we're going to kind of do what, uh, what I'm calling uh, 2023 potpourri, which got a bunch of stuff we're going to talk about eventually. Uh, but let's get into our coming attractions, uh, the first part of the show that we usually do. Um, and I got to be honest, man, for my coming attraction for for 2024, it took me a while to find something that I'm actually excited about. Like, I'm sure some stuff's going to creep up and like there's a lot of stuff that I'm willing to watch. But as far as finding something that I'm excited about, it took me all the way until June of 2024. And it's kind of not my fault because it's kind of something that got pushed back due to the writer's strike. Uh, It changed studios. It went from, I think DreamWorks produced it, but I think Focus Features is releasing it in theaters now. Um, But it's essentially what we all said when we watched it, that it kind of looks like a Sons of Anarchy uh, prequel. Um, It's a movie called The Bike Riders. It's got Austin Butler in it and... um, Oh, I can't remember the female. This, uh, ah, I saw her face for a second. I'm drawing a blank on the, the lead female, but it just kind of looks like a 1970s biker movie. I know uh, there's an older guy in the movie also that I like, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the whole cast now that I'm trying to think of it. But uh, anyway, I'm excited about that. I think it looks cool. That, you know, you know, bike riders in the 70s, you know, it's going to be that almost famous vibe of like, you know, the brotherhood and family that you know you get together by traveling together like you know it's something that will probably you know preach straight to me so i'm excited for it and i think i'm gonna like it just based on the preview uh austin butler jody comer Comer? Comer. yeah yeah, yep uh comer uh tom hardy michael shannon michael shannon yep um trying to see who else is in this uh norman reedus is in it Oh yeah, yep. I remember. Yep. I'm um, trying to see if there's anybody else that we know. Yeah. You so might know more. Well, and what's interesting is it already has a 7.6 on the IMDb, and it's not being released until June. So, um, but I yeah, assume, I would assume it probably played some festivals before it got pulled because it was supposed to come out like back in September or something. So, like. Last summer, it was probably playing festivals or something somewhere. So that's probably how people have seen it. Um, for me, my my uh, my exciting coming attraction. Um, you decided to stick with movies, dude. I, I'm super stoked about you and I getting to go down to Disney World in in uh, oh, February. I'm an idiot. Duh. Yeah. Oh, okay. like, well, yeah. That's that's gonna be at least you know what do we have five days of five days of silliness five days of silliness so I'm looking With forward your to brother that. which is which is the the linchpin that made this whole thing happen uh, yeah well, actually okay. truth be told the seed for this was planted on our May the fourth episode earlier this year when By we Drew talked Stafford. To, when we talked to Drew Stafford and Drew said the best time to come down there is in February. And so, At the end of February, yep. Yeah, so ever since then, like, we, we put those gears in motion that, like, hey, we should think about doing this. Hey, Dave, would you be interested in doing this? You know, it kind of sucks that some of the other people that we invited aren't able to make it, but, like, I'm excited and happy that, that we will be able to go down there together and hang out with your brother because, I mean, it 
I always love hanging out with your brother. Getting to do the Star Wars stuff with your brother is going to be a lot of fun. Um, and then, you know, whatever else we fit in while I'm down. Like, I don't care what I get to do. I get to hang out with you and your brother and, and his family. So that's true. That's, I didn't even, I stuck with movies. You're right. I'm an idiot. It happens, man. That's, that's why I'm. That's going to be fun. Um, the second part, like I said, uh, I announced last month that we were going to kick off the my first time. Uh, I just felt like it was something that we could drop and not really miss a whole lot. Well, obviously, we can always talk about So if there's something we really want to talk about, we can find a place to put it in. But we replaced it with Jason's poll. And we still don't have a catchy name for it or whatnot. But then, like, I kind of dropped the ball on this. Like, I should have reminded you that we were doing this. I should have been like, hey, don't forget. Like, I, I asked you to put up a poll every month now on on Facebook, uh, and I didn't do that. So tonight, uh, you and I are just going to poll each other uh, to come up with a poll question for me. I've come did up. You just with say, did you just say poll each other? Yeah, poll, poll each other. Poll, totally different. We're going poll. to poll Got each it. other's polls, is what I said. No. no, 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 no. That's not what I meant. We're going to poll each other's polls. You're I don't just. Even know. I don't even know what that means. So you and I tonight will ask each other each a question and there will only be one answer to it. So that answer will be the winner. Um, so my question for you, Jason L. Mayer, uh, at Christmas time, what is the one Christmas movie that you have to watch every year? I know you're not a huge Christmas movie person, but like to, to watch one, if you make time for one Christmas movie a year, which Christmas movie do you watch? You know what's really, really weird is um I I believe that I've talked about it on this podcast before. Sorry, I'm trying to see if there was a poll that I accidentally put up or put up by accident. Um mine's not a Christmas movie. There's not a single Christmas movie that I watch every year. Okay. Um a lot of times. I would say most years I put on serendipity um, at some point in time. That's, that's on my list of some one at some point in time, I'm going to put that on. I missed that this year, but what I didn't miss is my wrapping of Christmas gifts to the rock. (laughs) I started this tradition. (laughs) Don't know why it's going on for so long, but this is like six years in a row where I put it on and that's what I wrap gifts to. Um, No clue why I did it, why I started it when I did it, but it's there. (laughs) That's what I do. The rock is on. I wrap gifts and I get to see Sage and Sean Connery be super awesome and save the (laughs) save San Francisco from VX war gas. So Yep, Dude, that's, that's, that's my, hilarious. That's my non-Christmas movie Christmas tradition. So, Ooh. yeah. I thought you might bring up the Christmas movie that you and I went and saw together in theaters. I don't watch it every year, though. Okay. Like, I love okay. that movie, but I don't always watch Die So, in case you didn't know, Die Hard, and <laughs> re-released into theaters, and Shane and I went on a Friday night... Yeah, I, I think, think so. it was on a Friday night. Sounds and right. then our friend Joe asked me to go again. And it was like a Tuesday or a Wednesday night. And uh, uh, in that same week. And uh, 
I ended up going both times, fell asleep in the second one because I was really <laughs> tired. And I love that movie, but I had just watched it a couple of days earlier. So, sure. so yeah, uh, Die Hard is not a go-to every year okay. for me. Yeah. Understandable. All right, man. Pull me. Pull me. What is the one Christmas movie you have to watch each Christmas season, Shane? So, look, obviously, like, I don't mind this question, but I feel like you kind of, like, cheesed yourself out because, like, now it's going to be a tie, like, my answer versus your answer. So, like, there can't be a winner to this question. Uh, but mine that I do watch every single year, multiple times a year, is the one that I talked about. It is Secret Santa. That's genius. You're so smart. Like, how did you know that? Like, it's like I talk about it all the time. And, like, it was my number one Mount Rushmore Christmas movie last month. Uh, but yeah, it's Secret Santa. I don't miss it. Now, granted, there could be a lot on this list. I watched Home Alone multiple times in the past month. I've watched Home Alone 2 multiple times this past month. I watched uh, Love Actually a lot of times in this last month. I've watched uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I've watched Elf multiple times. Like, And when I say multiple times, sometimes it's like I'm going to bed and I put it on and I fall asleep to it. So, you know, I watching the entire movie like maybe I, I i mean i've definitely had it on and watched the entire movie while i was awake but you know every night over the last month i would put on a christmas movie and fall asleep to it so and then i really uh on christmas night was happy when i went to sleep uh nickelodeon was doing all of the friends uh christmas episodes in a row so i jumped in in the middle of that like season four or five and got to watch multiple episodes of that which just made me happy that I didn't have to keep changing it on HBO Max. Like, I couldn't make a playlist that had all of those in a row. So thank God Nickelodeon did it for me. So that was cool. Uh, but yes, my answer to your poll question is Secret Santa, which is um, tied with The Rock. I'll get to it in a second. I'll ask you if you want me to go first or second. But our Mount Rushmore for this month's episode are the four favorite movies that you watched in 2023. So do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? 2023 sucked. Mm -hmm. I 100% agree. It sucked a lot. Yep. Um, I'm looking over everything that I've watched either in the theater or was only released on streaming and I had to watch at home and I didn't have an opportunity to watch it at the theater. Yep. Um, and uh, out of those, I am having a... Uh, the ones that I do want to pick or the movies that I am going to pick are are none of them are outstanding movies. Uh, Every I, single I one of them. I've seen 50 in the theaters, and that includes the special edition Abyss re-release. Mm -hmm. uh, and out of those 50, I'm having a tough time picking four. Yep. Uh, but... Yeah, uh, just overall, 2023 was quite the disappointment at the theater. I'm hoping at some point in time, movies will kick themselves in the nuts and pull their big britches back up and start actually making films that are worth watching again. Um, and it might be because me and you stick to mainstream more so than we do to art product, and that might yeah. be our downfall right now. Maybe. Um, I mean, I'm, uh, well, and, you know, we have our friend Chris Schneider, friend of the program, who has on multiple occasions talked about how some of these movies were absolutely fantastic, but it's yep. all stuff. That's art product. That's probably yep. going to win awards that I've never seen. Don't have any intention of watching. Um, yep. The only one that I was kind of interested in, I didn't find the time to go to 
Um, that was the my list. Or not my Yep, the holdovers. That's on my list of ones that I wanted to see that I didn't get a chance to yet. Yeah. So, but did well uh, since I've been ranting now for a little bit. Well, and I was gonna say, like, uh, I completely agree with you because of my top four, there's only one that I actually think is an excellent movie. Like the other three, I liked them, but like of of the top four, like if, if there's nothing other than my number one that I actually think is an amazing. So I was gonna say the same thing you did that this year was an extreme disappointment for movies over. Um, and you know, like I said, hopefully at some point they can you know flip it around so we can be a little bit happier when going to see movies. Uh, maybe we are spoiled, maybe we know too much about how the filmmaking process goes. And we're watching a bunch of mainstream movies that everybody likes to be spoon fed. Absolutely everything, whatever the case may be. Um, my number one, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. My number one, looking at this entire list of what I watched, mm-hmm. is air. Like I'm not even. I'm, we're not even going to jump around and because the like I I have a sneaky suspicion that that's your number one as well, and that it is. You're right one of the only things that's an actual film well done well produced well acted well like everything about it is is better than everything else that got released this year 100 um, agree with you my second my third my fourth um i'm gonna say uh oh man this is tough man uh oppenheimer is up there it's okay. in my tie. I'll, I'll put it on my. I'll put it on my Mount Rushmore. I don't know where it falls in there. Talk yes. to me is up there. Talk to me. Oh, the horror movie. The horror movie. It was okay. fantastic. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, being good. what it was, not having any stars in it, mm-hmm. um, it had to rely just on its story and its execution. I thought it was creepy and weird and uh, uh, different enough when it came to horror films i don't remember us going to see that together did we or did we not i thought you saw that with me okay i I can't like for some reason i was thinking that like i went and saw it by myself because i didn't have anybody to watch it with but i could i could be misremembering that no no um but yeah so i so um so those are three out of my top four my fourth one i could literally like just throw a lot of these at the wall probably and be like oh that was the best one uh that's my number four but uh uh, sound of freedom was really was good but it wasn't as great as i wanted it to be yeah mario brothers was a nice attempt and at least it gave us the universe but uh sonic's still a better film um my fourth one my fourth one my fourth one i think i think i have to go with um uh gran turismo really okay i mean i just was not expect i was not expecting to have as much fun as i did at that movie nice and uh and uh david harbour is really good in it as well as everybody else um and i've read something and it was like orlando bloom's character never did this and this took a lot longer than it does in the movie and it's like no bleep like (laughs) obviously this is a dramatized version of what happened in the real world like duh based on a true story does not mean we are watching documentary 
Yeah, it's true. So, that so that's my top four. So Gran Turismo, Oppenheimer, Air, and um, oh my gosh, what was the other one I said? Uh, talk to me. And talk to me. So those are my top four for the year. Word. Uh, so over the over the last week, I've been trying to knock out some of the ones that I missed in theaters or things that were only released straight to video. And I tried to get the things that I thought might be able to make my Mount Rushmore. And unfortunately, of the three that I watched, none of them made it. Um, this week, <laughs> I, I took time away from my Christmas movie watching to watch Leave the World Behind, the Netflix movie with um, Julia Roberts and um, Kevin Bacon and Ethan Hawke and Mahershala Ali. Oh, okay. It, it's getting uh, a lot of Obama. Obama produced that one, right? I think so. I, I think somebody told me that. Um, but I, it was sold to me that it's very much a Black Mirror episode. Um, it's very much like essentially an apocalypse happens and you don't understand why the apocalypse is happening. So as the characters are trying to figure it out, you're trying to figure it out. But Julia Roberts's family Airbnbs a house. And then they show up at the house and their electronics and everything stop working. They can't get a TV signal. And then all of a sudden Mahershala Ali shows up at the door and he's like, hey, you guys are in my house. All this weird stuff's going on. So we came here. I know you paid to be here, but like, this is my house. So I want to stay here while all this is going on. So then it creates a lot of tension between the two families and like, it, it, it's a whole lot of paranoia stuff. It's a whole lot of weird things happening. It's a whole lot of there's a lot of political undertones to it. Um, I'll definitely say it was a Black Mirror episode feel, but it was one of the ones that I don't like as much as the ones that I do. So, and everybody, and part of the reason why I was excited is everybody told me like it it ends on on a really bizarre moment, and then you don't know what to expect. And it does. They're not wrong about it, but like it wasn't one of those big ambiguous things that I thought was exciting. It was just like oh. That's how you're going to end this. Oh, okay. I mean, like, it didn't suck, and I was very enthralled in it while I was watching it, but it just wasn't that good. It, it's just okay. Um, I also watched uh, The Killer on Netflix, the Michael Fassbender movie. Um, oh, yeah. It's essentially just him playing an assassin. And, like, another one. I watched it. I thought it was fine. Uh, do you remember Tinker Taylor's Soldier Spy? Yeah. How, like, that was a very slow burn spy movie, but it was probably a lot more accurate to, like, what spy life is really like. I feel like this is probably, like, same vein. Like, it's not a big action movie. It has a couple of fight sequences in it with some hand-to-hand -hand combat, but overall, it's just more of this is a spy whose friend gets killed, and so he's just hunting down the how and the why that happened, and it's him just slowly finding leads and finding people to use information against and occasionally killing people in very assassin-like ways. So again, like I watched it and it was fine, but at the end of it, it, it also just kind of ended and I was just like, oh, okay. Like I, I, I didn't really care that I spent two hours watching it. So like, I know my buddy Garen that I've talked about before he worked on the movie. So he's been promoting it a lot recently on his social media. So like, I really wanted to check it out. Again, fine movie, just didn't make the uh, didn't make the Mount Rushmore. And then this last week, I also watched The Family Plan, the Mark Wahlberg comedy where he used to be an assassin. 
it's fine. It's whatever. It's a Mark Wahlberg comedy. It's predictable, paint by numbers, nothing exciting. Had some moments, but again, nothing. It did not crack my top four of shitty stuff that I watched this year. So let's actually. Oh, the one thing that I didn't get are the, there's three things that I'm still waiting to watch. Uh, one is Rebel Moon, but I've heard terrible things about it, so I'm not rushing out to watch it. Uh, we talked about the holdovers that I haven't had a chance to watch yet. And the last one that I actually am sad I missed this year is The Marsh King's Daughter with Ben Mendelsohn and um, uh, Ray. Um, I am drawing a blank on Ray's name. Um, Daisy. Daisy Ridley. Ridley. Uh, the one with her where like her dad killed their mother and then he gets out of prison and like she thinks that he's coming after her and stuff like that. Um, what is it Marsh uh, the King. Marsh the Marsh King's daughter but on IMDb it's got like a 3.7 or like a very low rating so 5.9 or 5.9 there we go so but yeah I don't know I I haven't had a chance to check it out yet like and it's weird because on Apple TV it's ten dollars to buy the movie or twenty dollars to rent the movie so I don't understand the logic behind that um but yeah if it was like a five dollar rental I would have rented it and watched it um but yeah so Enough of the stuff that I haven't watched. Let's actually get to my Mount Rushmore this year. Number four uh, was a was a made for Hulu movie or Amazon Prime or Hulu. One of those two, and that was the slasher time travel Back to the Future movie, Totally Killer. Um, I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it. It's slasher movie time travel. It was it was a fun time. Um, again, nothing amazing, but enjoyed. Uh, my number three this year would have been Hypnotic. Um, because as we've talked about, as okay as the movie is, once you know the twist at the end, it made me really think about everything that I watched. So I enjoyed it a lot more because of that. Um, so Hypnotic is my number three. Uh, my number two, Scream 6 is the second best thing that I saw this year. I'm sorry. I, I still don't understand why you hate it so much. I thought it was very well done. I really enjoyed the plot. I really enjoyed what they did with it. I still had a good time with it. I've watched it multiple times this this Halloween. Um, but yeah, so Scream 6 was the second best thing I saw this year. And as we've already discussed, the best thing and the only one on this list that I actually think is an excellent film is Air. It's so well done. Everything that you already said about it, Air is a blast. Air is a lot of fun. Um, so I have two slasher movies and two Ben Affleck movies on my on my Mount Rushmore, kind of uh, on par on on... On on expectation for Shane. What do you, what do you want to say? I I know you want to talk shit about Scream Six. Like, uh, I just uh, you're just fanboying out too much for me, <laughs> Shane. Uh, like, both Ben Affleck movies, the only two Ben Affleck movies that got released, and then Scream. <laughs> I mean, what is this? Nineteen ninety eight, two thousand. Like, come on, you got you could do better. But on that side note, I'm gonna flip this script on you a little bit. Okay, oh, okay, okay. What's before up? we before we go over to Troy's talks or Troy's halftime talk or whatever we were gonna call this thing, I'm gonna I want to do your four. You you brought up something. And I'm like, ooh, ooh, I like it. Okay, your four worst movies, the four the Rushmore of worst movies of 23. I'm gonna go ahead. You start since you've got the list in front of you. I will. Uh, I will pull up the list and and. We'll I'm pulling up the list of what I got to see. So okay. all right, okay. I'm gonna go with this. 
I'm going to tell you first, uh, I'm going to give you two right out of the gate that are really easy for me to knock and say there's no way that these should have been made. There's no way that after they were made that they should have even been released. That is the Expendables 4 and the Meg to the Trench. Both of these movies. And while I love Jason Statham and only could hopefully aspire to somewhat look like him for my wife at some point in time uh, and then just walk in and talk with a wonderful English accent. Um, Obviously not a good one there. Um, (laughs) But um, The Expendables 4 and The Meg 2 are the two of the worst movies of 23 that I saw in theaters. Um, I am also going to throw fast X into that. Oh, of course you are. That movie sucks donkey balls the size of your head. Like, <laughs> like the, the movie was so, so, so bad that it had no reason to exist. And then every time they, you thought they jumped the shark, they jumped another shark and another shark and they don't stop jumping the entire theme park of sharks throughout that entire movie. It's God awful. Uh, Somehow John Cena will have survived the explosion that he was in, in the next movie or two, because (laughs) nobody nobody dies in that series. Even Uh, Paul Walker, when he's dead is not dead in that series. (laughs) Um, And, and then looking through the rest of this. um, Oh man. What the heck was that movie? Oh, okay. I remember that one now. Um you know what? I would I'm I'm surprised that I'm not gonna put the Marvels on this list. I expected to hate that movie way more than I did. Yeah, it was uh okay. that movie is great. better. No, no, no. And it's not even the worst Marvel movie of all time. I thought for sure I liked it better than the first Captain Marvel for me. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, the Exorcist believer was bad. Like I mean, it wasn't good. they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything as a surprise. They, it was it was, it was the stuff that happens. Like yeah, not no. Nah, it's in my top four worst movies. Oh, either that or Silent Night, because I really wanted to like Silent Night. And like Silent Night, yeah, that was not very fun i i didn't think it was terrible but like the the shtick of your main character not talking got really old nobody did or like they had three lines and it was all the same lady saying the same thing three times yes so yeah um yeah not a lot of good came out of this year no and there's a lot of there's a lot that as i'm looking through the list there's a lot of blah I didn't hate it like I mean like theater camp like it wasn't good but it also wasn't like I can't put it in the like worst four of the year no and like Ninja Turtles the mutant mayhem it was fine it wasn't good but I didn't hate it I think it's my least favorite of all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies see I still liked it better than the live action stuff ooh this Michael Bay ones yeah because I was like, you're not talking about the 90s ones. No, no, no. But I mean, like, the third 90s one still isn't good either. What? What? The, the I Turtles think you are time? smoking crack. <laughs> Turtles in Time is a treasure. 
I mean, we'll agree to disagree on that. It's it's not a surprise that we just. Oh man, I'm dumb. I'm really dumb. Um, you're fine, man. Um, no. You're fine. No, uh, Transform or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three is definitely not that good. So no, but I'm dumb because I just I don't know how this didn't make my top four. Uh, a Haunting in Venice because I did really enjoy that movie. Oh, so what are you getting rid of? Um, I don't even know. Um, I don't even know. Probably hypnotic. I could probably I mean, take hypnotic. Like hypnotic, I enjoyed, but like I liked the haunting in Venice a lot better than that. So, okay. yeah, all, all right. right. Strike that. Reverse it. Put a haunting in Venice in place of there. We'll go with that. Um, but let me hurry up and and finish going through. I apologize. I have four. I do have four. Uh, you're right. I do have four. I'm just trying to make sure that they're actually the four worst things that I saw this year. I don't I know do. how you said I don't know how two of those are on your list. Well, and actually, this one I think I'm going to take off because I just realized that there is something I hated more than that. Where did it go? <laughs> no, where is it? What the? F- I... Uh, oh, there it is. Uh, all right, so I've got that. Oh. Poor execution. And... Good thought process, though. And dun, dun, dun. like I said, let me just make sure. You really wanted to come see me, didn't you, Bella? All right, I, th- I, think, I think I've got my four. I think. Tried to block I've it off so she couldn't come back here, Shane. Oh, well, we always love having Bella cameos. There's nothing wrong with that. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with these. Uh, I think I've made it through everything. Uh, so, yeah, so my four worst of this year, you've already said one of them, the Meg 2. I agree with you on that 100%. Um, the second one, I was really excited for this movie, and I just did not enjoy the execution of the creator. Like, yeah. th- there are there are... There are moments in it that are okay, but overall, the plot, the story, the execution, like, some of the acting is, like, the only redeeming part of it, but, like, overall, I was just so let down with the creator, like, did not did not enjoy watching it at all. Um, then the new Transformers movie from this year, I hated it. I, I've literally not liked a Transformers movie since the very first one. Um, Fire. What other Transformers movie did I like? Bumblebee. Oh, apologies. Yeah, I'm sorry. Under the Transformers, okay, you're 100% right. Transformers Bumblebee is probably better than the first Transformers movie. So, yes, you're, you're right about that. Uh, but as far as Transformers 1, 2, Extinction, Primeval, uh, King Arthur, whatever the whatever those other Transformers movies were, <laughs> I didn't like any of those. Um, yeah. So Transformers from this year, I thought was absolutely terrible. I, every time, try to go in with an open mind and, and think and hope that I'm going to feel that. Like, sitting in the theater for the first Transformers when it came out in, like, 07, like, the moment that I got to watch that helicopter or the Huey Chopper transform was absolutely amazing. And then the Bumblebee Prowler fight, like, that was amazing. Like, watching them drive... And then transform and then fight and then transform back. Like 
that first one really enjoyed it. Like the plot is blah. Like it's it's a Michael Bay plot, but whatever. Um, but yeah, so the Transformers that came out this year I thought was absolutely terrible. And then I did not enjoy one single moment of strays. Um we went and watched that and I just go ahead. I fell asleep. <laughs> so yeah, so strays. I don't I do that in movies. Did not enjoy. Uh, so those would be my four worst of the year. And I apologize for slowing down the podcast and not having that uh, readily available to me. Um, well, yeah. no, I'm the one who threw it at you sideways. So, yeah. All so right, man. Now, as as you alluded to a minute or two ago, we uh, we are rebranding Troy's Halftime Talk because uh, it doesn't take place at halftime anymore. A year ago when we did this reboot of the show, I... You know, was trying to stick with a sports theme, four quarters, four topics, with a halftime show in the middle, which that didn't even come into play until after Troy was on last February's episode. And I said I wanted him on a lot. So uh, we're rebranding it. We're just shortening it down now to Troy Talks. So every episode, we're going to shoot over to Troy and Shane and uh, let Troy talk about what Troy talks about. So uh, we've hit that point of the show now. Let's go ahead and go to Troy Talks. Why, thank you, Shane. Been enjoying the show so far. I'm joined at, uh, well, it used to, I see, when we first rebranded the show earlier this year, like I was thinking, oh, Troy's halftime talk, like halfway through the episode. And as we've learned after a year of doing this, you don't really show up in the middle of the episode. You're usually pretty early or some, like, rarely, like, now that we've shifted you around, it's kind of late. But I originally, like, it didn't work. So we're rebranding it now as Troy's talk. So we're here for Troy Talks now, or Troy Talks, yeah, Troy Talks, that's what we're going to do now. No more halftime in there. We're dropping a bunch of the sports metaphors that I was trying to go with a year ago when we did the rebranding. So now I'm at my favorite part of the show, Troy Talks. What's up, Troy? How's your holidays, man? Uh, Pretty good. I can't good. complain. Good. That's Over good and done with, headed for the new year. Oh, very awesome, very awesome. All right, brother. So here we are. We've done a whole year of the rebranding. You were on our very first four-person episode we did back in February. That led to us having you on every single episode in 2023. Thank you so much for your time every week, or every month. I still say every week way too much. Every month, I appreciate your time. Uh, you're welcome. Yep, thank you. I appreciate it. So as as, yeah. as we start a new year, what do you have to chat about? Uh, Jason and I have been talking about a bunch of stuff that went on in 2023. What do you got? Um, I'm, I, I, I really uh, don't like, I feel like 2023 kind of passed me by. Um, um, and honestly, the only thing I really did was like, I did see a lot of movies, um, not that I did do. And so I thought I might just run down a list of the movies in 2023 that I saw that got Troy's approval. Troy's approval. Okay. Cool. As cool. It were. Yeah. Like Troy's approval. As it were. Um, well, let me see. You know, let me, let me uh, see how many of these I've actually seen. This is going to be fun to to see if I've seen any of these movies that got Troy's approval. Yeah, we're going to go kind of in reverse order. Um, okay. I've got these movies kind of separated by tiers, as if there's some sort of like fantasy draft that's going to happen <laughs> off of these. And you know, but if this were a fantasy draft, I would get like all my picks. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> all right. So anyway, I want to start off with just a couple of uh, sports documentaries um these are easily found um they're a long hauled play you know if you want to spend eight hours nine hours ten hours um 
One is the uh, happiest guy in the world, the Bill Walton documentary that ESPN did earlier this year. Um, it's it? four parts. I think it's about eight hours. Um, Bill Walton was just such an interesting cat. He got kind of like swept up in his times. Um, he was kind of like on the on the precipice of like, you know, player empowerment. Like there was just like a lot of things. Um, dude nice. is amazing. Uh, check it out. Okay. And the um, the John Boyce documentary, The History of the Minnesota Vikings, a uh, 12 it? hour graphs and charts documentary of uh, the Minnesota Vikings, statistically the winningest team to have never won the Super Bowl. Wow. In the this NFL the same history. Dude did the Atlanta Falcons when you told me about, right? Yeah. Same yeah. one did the Atlanta Falcons and the Seattle Mariners. And, you know, he has he has a thing. It takes them a while to do. When they drop, I watch them. They're Ooh. easily available on YouTube. Um, okay. Pretty fantastic. Uh, this one features Randy Moss oh. um, prominently and <laughs> in the like straight cash homie era of Randy Moss. And so it was like, all right, nice. uh, check those out. Okay. Um, insofar as the. The rest of my list is largely narrative. There's a there's one documentary all, that makes all a list. Sports. Did, did you did you not watch the Beckham documentary? I watched the Beckham documentary. I, okay, so I, I did watch the Beckham documentary. Um, the thing about the David Beckham documentary is like, for whatever reason, uh-huh. like I don't feel like that guy ever went out of the public eye long enough. Okay, and so like it did like it all felt really fresh. In a way oh, that I'm okay, like, right. I don't, I don't, I don't need this, like, and you know, like, and the thing is, like, it could just be like, you know, that was just like a kind of like happened in my formative years, like, you know what I mean? But like, none of those Manchester United exploits, like, had strayed like that far from my memory. Okay. Um, you know, I still remember him kicking out it. Uh. Oh fuck! The guy from Athletic Madrid. Uh. Dad. Fuck, it doesn't matter. The Argentinian cat in the World Cup. Uh, Like, I all those things just kind of like, you know, like, I was just like, okay. Like, I watched it, and I was just kind of like, this is not... I, I was like, I, I don't know that there's enough distance here to, like, make this, like, compelling to okay. me. I enjoyed it. I But then again, I got a man crush on the dude, and it was very nostalgic for me to watch all this stuff and remember, you know, when I was younger and saw it. So, but that's cool. I, I understand your point. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the rest of your list and or the next or the next tier of your I, list. All right. Uh this is kind of like the low tier. Um this is broken down into four tiers. Um okay. this is, you know, whichever Mount Rushmore president would be your least favorite is these <laughs> six movies, which are all quality movies. I watched a lot of movies so that you don't have to. If sure. they're not on my list, like, you know, like I probably either did not see them or I have no opinion or I have a very low opinion of them. Yeah. All right. Uh, first movie up on my list is a movie called Scrapper. It's an English movie with Harrison Harris Dickinson is a rather deadbeat father who uh, tries to reconnect with his daughter. Um, pretty fantastic movie. Uh, Harris Dickinson is one of my favorite actors working today. He will also feature prominently on this list later. Um, yeah. Good movie. I've seen it. I've never even heard of it. Check it out. Okay. Yeah, wouldn't have probably. Yep. <laughs> uh, the second movie is a cosmopolitan movie, the type they don't really make anymore, called Passages. It is directed by an American guy. Uh, it stars a German actor, an English actor, and a French actress. 
um, all kind of like gallivanting around Europe and getting caught in like a weird love triangle. Um, pretty good movie. Um, sounds, sounds like the, something I would dig. I might need to check that out. Next up are two that you may have seen. Yeah, I'm sure you've at least heard of them. Okay. The, well, the three, the next three. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, the Martin Scorsese movie about uh, zero the Indians. Zero interest. It looks so not anything I would want to waste three and a half hours of my life. I, I would I can see that. And I don't know that I ever would have made it through if I tried to watch it on television, but I did laugh myself in a theater and I was just like, all right, I'm pushing through. I don't know. Um the the next movie is Knock at the Cabin. Did you watch this oh, one? Yeah, it was okay. I liked everything up till the end. Like it was not the Shyamalan ending I was hoping for. Ah, uh, you know, you can't really like fault them. <laughs> Endings are hard. Like yeah. Yeah, like we can't we can't uh discount the the nuanced performance of Dave Bautista. Yeah, that was fine. It was better than most of the stuff that Shyamalan had done in the last 10 to 15 years. Like it was better than most things, but still like I was I was hoping this was gonna be his chance to give me another amazing ending that like you know he did for a couple of times and made me happy about it, but I, I enjoyed most of the movie, just I didn't enjoy the end. All right. Um, then the next one is a little film you may have heard of. It's called Barbie. Um, I have heard of it. I've watched the first 10 minutes of it, and just it was not my jam. It was it was not I, for me. I can, as, as, you know, a middle-aged man, I can almost see that um, for you. Yeah. But uh, no, Barbie was fantastic. Uh, okay. It was beautiful. It was colorful. It was uh, fun. You know, in a year that not a lot of movies were like super fun. Uh -huh. um, yeah, Barbie, man. Okay. Well, and it's, uh, it's not and... something that I'm opposed to ever watching again. Because like I've heard it from you. Jason enjoyed it. Some other friends of mine enjoyed it. Like I've heard nothing but good about it. So that's why when it hit HBO Max, I sat down and I turned it on. Like I said, I made it about 10 minutes in and I was just, maybe I just wasn't in the right mindset that night, but I just was like, I don't feel like this is for me. I don't know. It, it, at some point, I'll probably try to watch the whole thing. Um, Sure. You know, it's on HBO Max, um, doing a big rollout. Feel free. Yeah. Um, and then the last movie in this tier is a movie called Floor and Son. Um, it is my oh. least favorite John Carney movie. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's but uh, that, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, right? Yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in that movie. Um, I, John Carney, the guy that directed Once and um, yeah. Begin Again and Sing yeah. Street. Um, this all, is all his fantastic latest movies. movie. Um, I think he made it for Apple. I was lucky enough to see it at the Can Can. Uh, good movie. Um, not okay. like definitely the le the least of those four movies four. that okay. I just mentioned. Um, I'll still give it a shot. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and then, so we're gonna move into the third tier, and these are all just movies that are really well made by people who know what the fuck they're doing. Okay. Um, just these are these are movies that I were like, this is good, this is professional, this holds my interest, but like maybe like just did not connect with me, like on that like you know that next level that would get it to like kind of like the top ten area for a year. Um, <laughs> uh john wick four. Oh, all right that's uh, i never would have expected that I, on your list because i didn't even like that movie 
Oh, there's that scene at the Arc de Triomphe where they're like in the car scenes or in the car. Like, oh, my God, dude. And then there's the scene with the firework gun. The firework yeah. gun might be like my favorite set piece I've seen ever my, my in the problem, John Wick series. But my like, problem with dude, this John like, Wick movie is it just felt like it didn't know when to stop. Like the fight scene with the nunchucks went on twice as long as it needed to. Like I just, I felt like they oh, just Oh yeah, the staircase scene went stuff. on. Yeah. The staircase scene went on for a really long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was long. It was kind of overdrawn, but like, you know, was I ever like, God, I'm going to walk out of this? No. I was just like, hell yeah, let's see what happens next. Okay. And um, moving on is uh, The Holdovers. Ah, it's on the, my list uh, that I Ale want to see. The Alexander Payne, Paul Giamatti movie. Uh, it is everything you would think you would get from like an Alexander Payne, Paul Giamatti movie. It's, awesome. it's good. I, again, I never contemplated even thinking about walking out. I was engaged. Um, did it hit me on like any like real level? Like, no, other than like it did happen into my appreciation for the 1970s in like a huge way. Um, just both in the way it's made and obviously like the setting of it. Uh, yeah, good movie. Good. Um, the next one is a movie showing up <laughs> by the Kelly Riker movie with uh, Michelle Williams, where she plays like an artist, like a oh. like a sculptor. Okay, I'm not um, Andre Benjamin. Uh, Andre 3000's in it so you know it's got to be good nice um fantastic director I didn't really like these were not like people that I vibed with but it was a nice little slice of life and sing into the world it was beautiful cool um Poor Things the Yorgos Lanthimos movie oh. with Emma Stone yeah. okay I'm glad to hear that's good um, I haven't seen that yet but I want to that movie is fucking wild um <laughs> it looks crazy uh, I saw this thing where Ari Aster said that it, the set piece, like the indoors, looked like the Cheesecake Factory, and I can't get it out of my head now. Oh, wow. Okay. Huh. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, pretty good movie. Um, I like Yorgos Lanthimos. Like, I like all his movies, really. Um, uh, this one, you know, this is kind of like out there is the most. Um, the next movie is uh, May December. Uh, available on Netflix. I think it was it was very highly rated on Netflix the last time I got on Netflix. Um, okay. I saw it in the theater uh, with Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore. Um, the dude from Riverdale gives like an incredible performance. Oh, yeah. He'll probably yeah. win an Oscar. Really? Um, good movie. Good, well-made movie. I love okay. Todd Haynes. Um, maybe not as salacious as I wanted it to be. Okay. Uh, I wanted it to maybe be more camp than it was. But that could just be like a flaw in me, other than <laughs> this really well-made movie. Um, next movie, Air. Um, oh yes, my number one I, on my Mount Rushmore. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you were a big fan of this movie. Absolutely, um, I'm a big fan of this movie. Uh, Christmas Cena Hive. Uh, I fucking love that guy. <laughs> even though, like, it was nice to see him get to stretch his legs in something that isn't like just garbage genre fair sure. um and yeah like it was just a nice movie uh matt damon and ben affleck make adult movies for adults at this yep. point um they've been doing it for a while um yeah it was good i liked it um totally agree it it kind of had like some moneyball vibes for me in that it's just kind of like guys sitting around talking about business sure. <laughs> like guys yep. just sitting around table yep. um but 
you know, like I'm not going to like, you know, hold the fact that it's not Moneyball against it. Um, good solid <laughs> movie. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, obviously just just outside of my top ten. Uh, to nice. um, and then the last movie in this tier is a little French movie called The Night of the Twelfth. Never heard um, of it. Um, it may have played, it may have played can like the year before, like, and just got to America last year. Um, whatever. Um, it is like the best episode of Law and Order you will ever see. Okay. Um, the detective is like fucking baller as shit. Like, I was just like, oh, that guy, I want to be that guy. Uh, um, <laughs> like I said, it's, it's, it's like French Law and Order. It takes place like at the foot of the French Alps. So it's beautiful. Um, this uh, girl gets lit on fire. Um, okay. Yeah, pretty good watch, man. Good, solid watch. Like, <laughs> All right. Good, solid, professionally weighed movie. Like I was just intrigued the entire time. Good stuff. Awesome. All right, so now we're going to move into the second tier. This is what would be like, if I, stu- if I was like adherently stuck to a top 10 this would be like what i consider the back half of the top 10 okay. uh there are like six movies or no there's five movies here but there's also like seven movies in my top five you can explain <laughs> it later uh, uh so a little movie called Saltburn. i've heard weird <laughs> I, things about that Saltburn is fucking wild um it's, i've heard it's pretty weird i, I watched the trailer i can I can see why people are just like, nope, this sucks. <laughs> like, this movie doesn't say anything. This movie doesn't say the things I wanted to say. This movie is trash water. And I can agree with all that. And you know what? I still love the shit out of this movie, man. It is <laughs> it is like a fucking, like, hella dark version of, like, Cruel Intentions. Oh, a movie okay. that, like, I love. I, yeah. I don't know. You, I, I know that came out around. Did that come out in 99? Came out in 99, March of 99. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, I love that movie. Yep. I will always love that movie. Hell it yeah. is sleaze. It is trash. So is Saltburn. <laughs> okay. Um, it's rich people garbage. Rosamund Pike is beautiful. Um, fuck, dude. It's just, it's wild. You'll just enjoy it. Okay. All right. Like I said, I've heard it's weird, and then I watched the trailer for it, and I was like, "Yeah, that looks really weird." But if it, it gets, is, if it gets a Cruel Intentions comparison, I'm a hundred percent in. It is fucking crazy, dog. It's crazy. Uh, the next movie on my list, uh, "Are You There, God?" It's me, Margaret. Okay. Um, I don't feel like I'm the right demographic for that. Obviously, you probably took your daughter to it, so it's it's cool to hear that. That's no, good. actually, like. No, oh. uh, I went to see it because my daughter was talking about wanting to see it, and I was okay. just like, "Man, I'd really like you to wait like two two years to see oh, this." Okay. Like, but I really liked it. Okay. <laughs> um, I love movies that take place in the 1970s. Uh, I love Rachel McAdams. She should oh, win sure. all the Academy Awards for everything that she does. Um, I loved uh, Benny Safdie as the dad was really oh. good. Um. Yeah, it was just a really good movie. It was based on like the Judy Bloom book. Yep. Um, just a really well made, touching, good nice. piece of movie. That's cool. All right. Um, moving along, Oppenheimer. I don't know if you heard of that one. It's pretty big. Still um, haven't seen the it. The loudest and, movie. And Jason. The is loudest movie I saw last year. To wait to see it on seventy millimeters because it's apparently being re released in seventy millimeters. So I. Yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. Was, It'll probably win. 
like it will probably win like all the academy awards um object like if i were like an objective like if i if that was the type of like criticism or whatever like thought that i could put into it i would probably say it's like the best movie of the year um but but like you know it's just really well made it's craft like to the umpteenth degree um you know there's some good performances i really like david krumholtz uh shout out uh that guy um i want to say benny safty's in that one too also kicking some ass um (laughs) had a good he might have had like a really good year uh i know i'm leaving somebody out and i can't think of who it is robert downey jr Uh, oh oh fat damon uh we gotta talk about fat damon uh so it's funny man something happened in the past like several years where like matt damon has kind of low-key become my favorite character actor okay um and it's like and it's like uh Ever since he kind of like became a middle-aged man and put on some weight, like okay. I thought he was great in air, just uh-huh. kind of playing like a schlubby type type of guy. Uh, he's great in Oppenheimer, playing kind of like a a more like ground-based colonel, okay. or you know, or some shit in the military. Like he's got a little little chub, just a little dad action <laughs> to him. Uh, he's fantastic. Uh, shout out Fat Damon, like okay. that dude is incredible. Um. Yeah, uh, moving on, a movie that the last, the only documentary that would have made my top 10, um, Netflix documentary, Wham! Uh, the story <laughs> of George Michael and Andrew Ridgely. Uh-huh. Um, I fucking love George Michael. I love Wham! Um, you should check it out. Okay. It's really like interestingly made documentary in which they are using like um, all these like interviews that George Michael had done like previous to his death and then okay. like having andrew ridgely like respond to them oh really? and it's like a really like it's really like interesting and like kind of like touching like last conversation between them that just kind of like chronicles you know the existence of wham it's really well made it's really beautiful okay. it's like it's fantastic it's a really good like movie about friendship okay that's, um, that's good like when i saw it i was like do i really need to watch a documentary about wham but i mean you may have sold me on it um, and then the last movie in this tier, um, barely would have cracked like top five in a lot of years, um, is the uh, Paul Schrader movie, The Master Gardener, with a uh, Joel Edgerton. Um, Not familiar with it. Joel Edgerton, Joel Edgerton is like maybe my favorite actor that like consistently works. Okay. Um, I fucking love that guy. I love <laughs> like, I love how like he's able to like kind of like portray this like broken like masculinity without like giving away the game or becoming whiny or becoming like anything like you can just kind of like sense it on his face like he's just very perturbed by like the roles he has to play in life when he's in these movies and i just find him to be like a fascinating watch um this is probably like the closest he's gotten to like you know uh warrior status like do do you know that movie with him and tom hardy yeah fucking love that movie um but this is probably like the closest he's gotten to like being that guy um in a movie in a while um uh miracle without the guy that directed warrior did miracle and that's why i would i he seems gavin o'connor i think gavin o'connor yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. all right so now we're gonna break into what would be the top five there's like seven movies doesn't matter (laughs) uh the iron claw 
man, that is on my list. I can't, Jason, I've been talking about going together to watch that. Like that, ha- I, I love mm-hmm. the bears. So I love Jeremy Allen white. And uh, I like Zach Efron for some reason. So like, I'm Dude, super excited. Zach Efron should win like an Academy award. Like Zach really? Efron is so fucking good in this movie. Like I was just like, I can't believe that I'm like sitting here, like feeling real human feelings and emotions for Zach Efron. <laughs> but here we are. Uh-oh. Um, fantastic movie um i will not spoil anything if you don't know about it you don't know about it and you don't need to um probably like three of like the better like male acting you know like like macho like fucking like you know like really takes a look at like masculinity and what it means to be like man in america and what it means to like you know all these things through the guy through the the veil of professional wrestling um harris dickinson uh the guy from scrapper like oh by far my favorite von eric brother um he is rad um <laughs> yeah jeremy allen white is pretty good um colt McElhinney, uh the guy uh, oh yeah he's like in fucking he was like on mindhunter he's in a yep. bunch of david fincher shit like that yep. guy plays their dad and oh, that guy I didn't know that flipping incredible dude i love um, that just guy. hard ass um i really enjoyed it uh yeah, I, I enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. Um, what was even knowing the story going in? Sorry, I, 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 just, I know he's done something other than Mindhunter that I loved. I'm trying to remember what it is. And I remember the first thing I remember him from is an FX show called like Lights Out, where he played a boxer. Yes, that was what it was. Yes, uh, well, he was also in yeah, Flight yeah, yeah. Club. Uh, but yeah, that that boxing show on FX is what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, lights yeah. out. There it is. Yep. Gotcha. Cool. Yes, thank you. Yep. He was he was awesome on that show. All right. Uh moving on. Uh the movie uh Past Lives. It is a uh it is a movie that is like partially Korean, is partially American. It is about a lady who moved from Korea and her childhood love, like kind of like finds her out in the age of like facebook and just kind of the uh what happens when that happens um you, you told me about that movie i want to say nine months ago and i still have not made time for that let me see if it's streaming anywhere uh i'm not sure i i really don't know um but yeah it's well worth your time if it is um the ending hits like an absolute gut punch um and you just don't really know how you feel about it it's not streaming but i can rent it so i may i may try to do that before next month i yeah you told me about the movie and i completely forgot about it nice uh moving on uh the movie priscilla the newest oh. sofia coppola movie okay um that good, huh? about priscilla presley <laughs> um jacob lordy who's also in saltburn uh plays mm-hmm plays Elvis. Uh, he's pretty fantastic. Um, uh, Priscilla is beautiful. Like the set design is incredible. Um, they got all these like very stylistic touches, like down to the absolute like finest points, um, really expands on like the Sofia Coppola, like kind of like penchant for like women trapped by like in the shadows of big men. Um, 
like any examination of what that does to like a woman's psyche um really great movie um yeah i can't recommend it more um music is great uh even though they didn't have any um copyrights to the elvis songs uh still still slaps uh i thought you were were about to tell me that it was an elvis movie that had zero elvis songs in it yeah no it has one elvis song oh oh, okay yeah yeah it's wild um and moving on uh this is in this is actually like uh okay i guess that priscilla would have been five let's put it that way uh number four movie of the year a little film called bottoms uh by emma Silligman. oh it's like uh, a chick from the bay and he's it. got a yeah io Berry and yeah. uh rachel senate uh possibly like my new favorite comedy team um oh. i love this movie uh marshawn lynch is in it he plays their gym teacher um <laughs> and it's basically just about girls who uh start a fight club at their high school um to hopefully get into the panties of other girls that they like um it's a total it's a total like twist on like kind of like an 80s fucking sex comedy um it is insane it is um (laughs) uh, it it, is and honestly it's the most fun i have at any movie this year it's so fun cool uh it's just if you if if you if you just want to let go and I feel like that might be like kind of like the the common theme like of a lot of these movies is like, dude, I just wanted to have fun. And uh-huh. if you really shot your shot and made it fun and you didn't depress me, like you you probably landed in my top ten. So nice. Um number three is a movie called You Hurt My Feelings. Um, another in a long line of Nicole Holofsner movies that I absolutely love. Um, it's got Julia Louis Dreyfus. It's got a guy by the name of Tobias Menges in it. Um, it's a very adult movie. It's about people who write books and have therapists and um, have trouble with their spouses. And it was fantastic. Uh, oh, funniest cool. movie. Uh, probably like the most conversationally funny movie. Like as oh, far nice. as like there's jokes, there's lines, that type of shit. Um, but I saw this year. Yeah, great movie. Awesome. Um, number two is a movie called Rye Lane. Um, it is available on Hulu. Um, it is it. by a first time director whose name I cannot remember. Um, it refers to Rye Lane, a kind of like open air marketplace in England or in London, um, kind of like the poorer part of London. And it's just about two kids meeting and kind of forming a bond. It was, um, one of the most straightforward romantic comedies I've seen this year. Um, it's colorful. It's beautiful. It's funny. Um, it is shot in a way that reminds me of like early Spike Lee movies. Um, oh, okay. Like uh, do the right thing. And just kind of like, it's kinetic. The camera is moving. The colors are everywhere. It's like, it's the, literally the most colorful and like kind of like beautiful movie. Um and it's all kind of using like natural setting um okay. is wild um uh funny fun you're really rooting for the couple of people you really want them to get together um rom- romantic comedy in the best sense of the word uh just a great watch uh and it's like 80 minutes long you oh. could watch this movie I'm like sold. before you have lunch today yeah. awesome. um I'm sold. but yeah uh like on hulu on hulu rye lane 
Ooh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then the number one movie, uh, I hesitate to call this the number one. Ryland's probably my number one movie of the year. Is a movie that I saw at the Indie Film Fest. It is a movie called Hundreds of Beavers. Um, I have no idea how you would be able to see this movie. Um, I don't know when it's going to drop. They kind of just take it from film festival to film festival. It is a movie that I just highly recommend going to see. It's beautiful. Wait, it's beavers? a largely silent. Hundreds of beavers. Hundreds of beavers. It and is. It's, a, it's not a, a documentary. It's not. It is a no. black and white movie. Um, it is largely silent. Um, okay. It is very slapstick. Um, about a man who um, wants to set up a uh, factory to produce like apple whiskey in a land that is uh, dominated by hundreds of beavers. Oh, um, okay. And and it's all men and it's a uh, men in beaver costumes. Um, <laughs> it is a movie. It is a movie about problem solving and the barter system and alcoholism and <laughs> uh, wildness it is a uh, violent it's like weirdly oh. bloody um <laughs> okay hundreds of beavers get slain um by creative <laughs> methods uh it is fantastic uh run the trailer like i don't know like uh you can you can look up the trailer on youtube and okay. just believe me now um i saw this movie it was introduced by the men who or some of the men who made it um they were engaging um about halfway through the mo movie a man in a beaver head ran through our theater followed <laughs> by a man in in a like beaver skin cap yelling i'll get you you run out of here um the best experience i have the movie this year. Is not available for streaming anywhere or to purchase online Huh. Yeah, to... yeah. Well, they're still running it out at Film Fest, so it's it's got like almost an eight point zero on IMDb. So there's a lot of people that agree with you about how good it is. It is fantastic to see. It is to love it. Um, I followed them, or I I gave them as much Instagram love as I possibly could, right uh, leading to them following me, which led to one of the greatest screenshots I ever had in my life, which just said hundreds of beavers are now following you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, uh, it, it was my favorite movie uh, made by some Midwest guys up in Wisconsin. Uh, Dude, that's awesome. Just hilarious. Probably like, I mean, will be my favorite movie for the next like hundred years. Like if it gets released whenever. I will. Uh, uh, that, yeah. that is high praise from you, and I will definitely take a watch on it. Yeah, man. So I know you and Jason did your Mount Rushmore's about your favorite movies of the year. Uh, I just wanted to go over some movies that I hated in a Mount Rushmore setting. Jason, um, Jason made me do that also. So this is right on point oh, nice. with what Jason and I talked about. So yeah. Uh, so I, I, because I like to squeeze like you know lots of things into small spaces. Uh, yeah. I've got five movies on this Mount Rushmore. Just do don't it. pay attention. Uh, <laughs> number four is a tie between the Guardians of Galaxy 3 and a little movie. Actually, no, it's just it stands on its own. Uh, don't bring this fucking animal testing, like sad boy fucking emo narrative into what had largely been like the only actual like Marvel superhero thing that I enjoyed uh -huh. up to that point. Uh, yeah, I just had a miserable time. I didn't like it. 
uh I wanted it to be over. I don't know why I didn't walk out. Uh I was just hoping something would save it and it was sure. just like a buzzkill. That's a buzz. Just like an entirely joyless buzzkill that I didn't like. Yeah, um I didn't I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. It was just very middle of the road blah for me. Uh the third president is a tie is the like tie between Asteroid City by Wes oh. Anderson and Bo is Afraid by Ari Aster. Uh two directors who's who've created work in the past that I really enjoy, uh, just missed the fucking mark. I hated both those movies with a passion. As I've I've wanted to hate like almost every Wes Anderson movie since like I think the Fantastic Mr. Fox. I could be wrong about that, but like it's going on a decade now. That guy fucking sucks. Mm. Um and I was just really bummed out that Bo was afraid came on the heels of Midsommar, which is like literally one of my favorite movies of the past like five years. I watched that movie on Christmas Eve and let me tell you boy got me in the Christmas spirit (laughs) when they fall from the rock and like you just see their face explode against the fucking stone oh wow what a a wonderful time (laughs) Uh, the number two the number two worst movie last year uh, the live action remake of The Little Mermaid Uh, I never saw it it you know, like aside from like obviously like the like culture wars controversy that surrounded that movie and all that shit, uh, got really got lost to the fact that that shit was boring. Oh, it was just boring. Like the entire time, I just was like, I'm gonna go to sleep because I don't <laughs> care. All the performances were bad. Um, turns out underwater like sucks when it's not <laughs> animated. Um, it looks like trash. Um, it looks like garbage water because it's like recently and it was terrible too. There you go, man. Yep. And then the worst movie I saw last year was a little movie called Maestro, <laughs> directed by Bradley Cooper. Never heard about of it. Leonard Bernstein. It is going. It's probably going to be Oscar nominated for a bunch of shit. It just dropped on Netflix. It's awful. Uh, the black and white photography looks great. The cinematography is largely good. It's the only reason I would even recommend it. Um, other than that, what a bloated, insipid piece of trash. And I'm just like. I'm tired of Bradley Cooper, the director, and I just want him to go back to making movies that are enjoyable. Understandable. <laughs> Very cool. What the hell but was reading Story Talk? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was yeah. a hell of a good one, man. It was a lot of fun. Um, I have no yeah. idea what we're doing for February. I have no idea what we're doing for March, but I know I've asked you to be on the April episode because I'm looking forward to doing a musical draft with you. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun having you on the real show again. Uh, but yeah, that'll be fun, but I don't know what we're going to talk about next month, but when I know you'll know. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm ready to, I'm always ready to talk about something. Absolutely, man. And every month I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining me this month. Ah, thanks for uh, the platform. Thanks for a great year. Um, honestly, like I just, I, any listener, I just, I urge you go out and find one of these movies on my list watch them come talk to me about them like get out of your comfort zone don't watch the same shit that you're gonna go watch like wonka sucks (laughs) i can tell by looking uh the glenn powell sydney sweeney movie sucks i can tell by looking don't waste your time i do want to see that find something better fine yeah i kind of do too i love glenn powell (laughs) Uh, yeah, but awesome. 
<laughs> but just find something different. Find a different lane, even if it's for a day. Expand your mind. Go look at one of these. We're even right. if you hate it. We're it's a different on, experience. We're going on 24 years of you pushing me out of my film comfort zone. So if you can make me do it, you try. can make anyone do it. I try. I try my best. Awesome. Johnny Appleseed of this shit. <laughs> I appreciate all your time, and I can't wait to chat with you next month. All right, brother? Peace, brother. All right. Well, let's go back to Shane and Jason to wrap up the rest of what they want to talk about in uh, in this episode. And we're back from Troy's talk. Uh, yeah, awesome. Uh, as always, I appreciate his time. I appreciate hanging out with him. Always fun, always a blast. And he always brings fun stuff to the table. So good time chatting with Troy. I, so, I do have to give him props, though. Yeah, what do you got props to give him for? And I don't know if you mentioned this when you guys were talking about it at the halftime talk. Troy talk. Time the former frame. halftime talk. He predicted in our fantasy football draft or the week one or something along those lines at the very beginning of fantasy football season, he predicted that Phil Gould would be winning the championship and Phil <laughs> Gould and myself are up for the championship. Uh, by the time this airs, there will be a uh, champion determined, but mm -hmm. at the time that we're filming this, it has not yet been determined. Please enter here. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, so I'm hoping that I can, uh, make Troy happy with me winning the championship. Ah. Um, I mean, but, so number one, congratulations on that. Both you and Phil were the underdogs, the lower, the lower ranked team going into last week's semifinals and you pulled off an upset of Zach and, uh, he pulled off an upset of Jeff. So pretty exciting fantasy football last week. Uh, but yeah. One of the two of you is going to win a trophy for the first time. I know you want to win it so that he can stop holding his trophies over your head. Um, but at uh, least we get a new. At least we get somebody new. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, um, I had an absolutely terrible fantasy football year, and like going back, like Troy and I did eleven weeks of podcasts um, about our fantasy football league, and it was a lot of fun. And then we just got screwed up the week of Thanksgiving. Um, both of us literally just lost track of time and didn't reach out to the other person to, to talk about our schedules to get it scheduled. And the next thing I knew, it was after the Thanksgiving games had already aired. So, like, we both kind of were just like, we screwed up. So, really kind of disappointed that we did screw up that way because it was a lot of fun talking with him every week about fantasy football. It's also kind of funny because <laughs> – the last episode that we did, we kind of started some shit in our fantasy football league, and we never, we never got to go back and address that and like address. We were trying to stir the pot, and we were trying to be controversial about what we talked about. We didn't realize it was going to kind of start a shit show between people, and I know we we never got the chance to do an episode to apologize for that because I know it kind of pissed off some other members of of our fantasy football group. Hopefully, hopefully they all still come back because they're people that I do like and enjoy. And I, I know there was some threats about people leaving the league. So I'm hoping during this off season, we can have some owners meetings, flesh out some of the stuff that people are upset about so that we can uh, bring everybody back, make everybody a little happier. Um, there was some, I, there was some controversial stuff done that Troy and I had nothing to really do with but we may have steered things in a certain direction. 
Um, but other people made some choices and decisions that, I mean, I agree were kind of blah, but I mean, it is what it is. I mean, whatever happens, happens. We're, we're owners of our fantasy football team. So we, we get to make choices about who we want to sell for what price. Um, and it is what it is. So I have faith in our commissioner, Zuh, that during the off season, they will address some of the issues that have been brought up and we will, uh, We'll get stuff resolved, and I'm looking forward to next year because I had a really shitty year. I finished in, like, 11th place out of 12 people, so I'm looking forward to a new season to redeem myself because this is – like, I went, like, eight straight years without having to pay for fantasy football because I at least hit a spot where I just got to put my winnings towards next year's next year's uh, dues. So, yeah, just making the playoffs, you all automatically make your money back. So Yeah, so um, – this is the first time in like eight years I'm gonna have to pay for it next year, um, which sucks. Like I've always just kind of, I've always just kind of coasted. Like, like I said, I've been fifth or sixth for the last like eight <laughs> years. So we'll we'll see what happens with some extra draft picks for me uh, next year, and we'll go from there. So uh, this is 2023 potpourri. We've been talking about fantasy football now. The rest of the show, Jason and I just have some random topics, things to talk about, things about this year, things about next year, things about the future. Just to kind of shoot the shit, kind of recap a bunch of stuff that's been going on. Um, for like, let's just get the let's get the tough shit out of the way first. Twenty twenty three kind of sucked for me. I had some bad shit happen this year. I had a fucking heart attack. Um, yeah. If, if anybody hasn't listened, hasn't paid attention, I like Kevin Smith so much that because he had a heart attack, I felt like I needed to have a heart attack eventually. And so that happened. And if not for Jason's wife, there's a chance that I wouldn't be here right now. Well, Marie slash Jason's wife, um, I would not be here right now. Marie is not Jason's wife. No, Marie, Marie slash and Marie Lita's Green Lita. and Letha Mayer. Marie Green forcing your wife, Letha Mayer, to take me to the hospital uh, to essentially save my life because I was just trying to write it out. Um, so lots of life-changing shit since then. Uh, found out I had diabetes, so got to deal with that. Got to deal with a lot of health changes, lifestyle changes, um, stuff that sucks. But hopefully going to turn out for the better. Um, I mean, I'm down like over 20 pounds since the heart attack. So um, I guess eating healthier and, and exercising and things like that are are doing are doing better for my life. I have a lot better time breathing now. I don't get as, as labored in breathing. Um, so, yeah, things... As as shitty as the heart attack was, uh, you know, got through that. Um, and then between the last recording and this episode, um, my excuse me, my 15, 16 year old dog Snoopy has passed away. Um, kind of rough. It happened really quick. Um within about six days, he ended up going from being his normal self to he just his legs started not working right, so he would, like, try to walk around and just fall down, and then he would just decide he was going to lay where he was, so I'd have to pick him up and, like, move him back to his bed and stuff. Um, eventually got to the point where, like, even when I was going to bed at night, he didn't want to get up to walk into the bedroom, so I'd have to pick him up and carry him into the bedroom and put him in his bed in there. Um then got to the point where he had stopped eating. Um, I was trying to force feed him. I was trying to force water into him. Like even like Snoopy, when Snoopy was Snoopy, if you put water in his bowl, he would run from anywhere in the apartment. Like he knew 
where water was. I know when you watched him at your house, you had to keep an eye, like you had to move your water dishes because he, as anybody who knows Snoopy knows, he would drink water until there was no water to be drank and he could smell it from like four rooms away. So um, I kind of knew things were getting bad when I would put water in his dish. He would watch me do it from his bed and then he just wouldn't even get up to be like, he just didn't even have the desire to go after water anymore. So I was kind of, when that started happening, I kind of had to start coming to terms that this is where things were going. So uh, about two days after that, I came home from work. Um, it had gotten to the point where I didn't even lock him up when I went to work uh, in his crate because he just wouldn't move while I wasn't home. Came home, found him laying in his bed, um, just kind of not really there, but kind of there. I mean, he was still breathing and he still had his eyes open and would look at me. Uh, so that night I just kind of picked him up and held him in my arms for about two hours and then he stopped breathing and that was really rough and that was tough and that sucked really bad. And I mean, you were the first person that I texted because I just didn't know who to text or who to, like, I just, I've never felt so alone as I did in that moment where like, you know, as alone as I've been for like the last year and a half, I still always had him. Like I had him to talk to. I had him when I came home, like. I had him to take, he gave me purpose. I had somebody to take care of. I, it, it, I had, I just didn't know who to reach out to in that moment. So you were the first person that I texted. And then I appreciate the fact that you reached out to a couple of our friends and let them know what was going on. And they reached out to me that night and gave me a lot of support. So that, that really meant a lot. It helped. Um, uh, you know, like I, I sat there, on the floor of my apartment with him for a couple of hours after he passed away, just talking to his body and yeah, and getting texts from our friends and whatnot. And so, yeah, so that was rough, man. And like, I know you've gone through this with a couple of dogs. Like does, I mean, you and I talked on, on Friday night uh, when we were hanging out about some of the stuff that I just talked about, but about just like how empty I feel without him, like how, how long is this a thing? Like, how how long does this emptiness go on? It's ever it's and um, it gets easier with time, as everybody says. It, I mean, you just lost a family member, man. Like, you just lost a son, if you want to look at it that way. You just lost a or I mean, a family member. It, I mean, a pet is a family member, especially. Well, I mean, to us anyway, right? Because other people don't take care of them the way that you and I do. Um, I, I knowing what I know about dogs. Um, one of the things that my first two that Letha and I had were twins from the same litter. And um, once they got to, I think they were 11 or 12 years old is when I convinced Letha to get another puppy. Mm-hmm. Um and that's when we got Thor, and it was because my main concern was if one, if one of them passed, if they didn't have another dog in the house, that they might not bounce back from the loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did that. Uh, we had Thor, so that helped ease some stuff going from three dogs down to two. Um, and then when we lost Kaylee, uh, when we put when we had to put her. Um, as my my youngest son likes to tell people we murdered our dog 
Um, he likes to tell people that uh, we killed our dog. Drake passed away, but we killed Kaylee. Um, and, you know, then <laughs> I laugh about it now. Uh, it, I mean, it's always true, right? But the fact remains that um, Kaylee was um, Kaylee was always more of our our baby than Drake was. And that's because we got her when she was really small. Drake, we got when he was like nine or 10 months old. So he was a little bit more full size by the time we got him. Um, but Kaylee was very much your Snoopy, essentially. Right. Um, because we had her when she was really, really little and we raised her all the way. And, um, and, um, not gonna lie to you, like, it, it, Having Bella around makes it a whole lot easier. Um, Bella is my new black lab mix that looks a heck of a lot like Kaylee did. Um, so it's so um, bad when I dog sit it for you uh, the first time this summer or like in October, whenever it was. I felt really bad because when I first came over, I called her Kaylee a couple of times before I remembered. Oh, you're not Kaylee. That's my bad. Sorry for calling you the wrong name. Oh, whatever, man. Like, like the dog knows. Oh, sure. I hate Shane. Call me the wrong thing. Uh, I just, I no. just felt dumb when I did it. I get that. Um, but yeah, Bella, Bella definitely was uh, a major help along the lines. Um, especially how once. Long, how uh, long were you a one dog household? Like a month. Oh, okay. Like, oh, dude, it was. She passed like the day after. Uh the day after easter okay uh, on easter we started seeing a lot of the same things that you were seeing with snoop uh, um she, she couldn't walk very well um she she had an accident we got her outside on the the deck and she she peed on the deck which she never did like oh, wow. It was just as, in my opinion, it was just like her having an accident inside the house. She never would have done it. Um, but yeah, she made it outside, could barely get up and could barely move and had um, peed while she was laying on the deck. So um, I can tell you, it does get easier with time. It's it's different, I think, especially for um, being a parent and... I didn't I don't have the time and the energy that I spent on my original dogs with my newer dogs. Okay. Um because of the kiddos. So um and the kids take up a lot of time and energy. So um I have that outlet as well. So that kind of shields it or redirects that energy. Um, but getting Bella <laughs> But you have to remember, I Letha, I I just put out some feelers, and Letha ended up seeing a picture of the lady who was giving away Bella, and the picture was literally a spitting image of what uh, we remember of Kaylee as a pup. So uh, she was, it was like there was as soon as she saw it, I was like, I want, like I, I want the pup. So, um, so getting another dog would be helpful if that's what you want. <laughs> If you don't want to do it, because God, goodness knows that anybody who takes care of dogs, you have a lot to worry about. Uh, finding someone to watch them when you're out of town, finding the time and energy to make sure you get back to your apartment or home to take care of them and make sure they're fed because they are a living being that is dependent yeah. on you. Um, 
like that was one of the hardest things in the days afterwards where like somebody would ask me hey do you want do you want to go do this tonight after work or do you want to go do this or something and i'm like oh i can't like i gotta i gotta make sure i run home and take care of snoopy before oh i don't i guess i can go straight from work to hang out with somebody or like you know some sometimes when i was out late and i was kind of looking for an excuse to go home it was like oh hey snoopy's been locked up for a long time i need to go home and take care of him quick and easy excuse and way to get out of hanging out with with like not that i didn't want to hang out with people but if i just was at a point where i was ready to go it was a quick and easy way to be like oh hey like snoopy's been locked up all day i really need to get home and let him out i gotta bounce whatever i mean like i'm not gonna lie like it's been it's been 21 days since he passed away and i I still have a diaper of his sitting right there. I still haven't emptied the food out of his bowl that I put in the last day. Um, like I've still, I've still got 50 diapers over there from the last package that I opened up. Like I just haven't, I don't know what to do with this stuff. I have a half a bag of dog food in my cabinet. I have two giant bags of treats and, uh, and a, a treat container that I don't know. Uh, it's probably like a bag of treats at least in there still. I, I don't know like I don't know what to do with it like I, I know I have to throw it away eventually like it it there's no reason for me to keep it and it's just taking right. up space but like I just I haven't brought myself to to clean up from him yet like I just I'm, I'm mentally not ready to do it yet so I get you. Um, whenever you are um the humane society takes a lot of donations um they so they can take stuff there's one at like 116th street or 106 sorry no the main society's right up at 106th street it's quicker to get there than it would be to go to the indianapolis one on the west side so um you've got that uh the other thing is is that like we belong my wife and i both belong to a group called buy nothing fishers um you could probably find something for buy nothing castleton or buy nothing indianapolis or something uh just a facebook group that literally gives away all sorts of stuff that they no longer want in their house and i do see people give away stuff like that all the time hey my dog passed anybody looking for or like uh, people will put, I'm in search of a dog crate or mm-hmm. something along those lines. So if, if you want to, when you're ready to get rid of them, whether you want to take pictures of them, put them all in a box and bring them up to my house and we can do it through the buy nothing fishers group. Or if you want to join a Indianapolis group and get rid of it that way, whatever the case may be, I am happy to help in any way. Um, um, you tend to really like beagles yeah and uh <laughs> and i think it's your stubbornness because they're one of the <laughs> hardest uh dogs to train oh, um yeah, yeah. So I, I always think it's funny that you're like i want a beagle and i'm like that's shame for you and like <laughs> stubborn and and always willing to uh be uh bullheaded about things and um but yeah uh i don't th- <laughs> Yeah, you you definitely have uh, you love those those beagles all because of your Snoopies. So, but yeah, man, what if you need help with that stuff? I'm happy to help. I'm I'm sorry that Snoopy's no longer with us, but you know what? You gave him you gave him some stories to tell when he gets up to where he's going. uh, That he gets to be like, you know what, my freaking human did. (laughs) You get to tell he gets to tell all sorts of stories like that and. Yeah, and, we, had, 
We had some fun times. That and uh, that and how stubborn you both are, and how you just act like you don't hear people just because you didn't want to deal with it. Because <laughs> um, I swear that dog, man, I'd be talking to him and I'd be like Snoopy, 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 and then like couldn't hear anything. You opened a treat bag and or poured the water like you said, and all of a sudden it was like yeah. I'm right here. What's <laughs> going on? It's like oh, you mother. Yeah, he he definitely had selective hearing, like a hundred percent. Like there would be times where he would know I was wanting his attention for something, and then he'd he'd give me the attention. Then there'd be other times where I'd be trying to get his attention, and he's like, "Oh, you don't have treats or water? Nah, bro. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna act like I don't hear you." Not interested today, Dad. Leave me alone. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, man. Cool. So those two shitty <laughs> topics, ter- fucking. Shitty, shitty stuff in 2023. Do you have any shitty stuff in 2023 to address? Yeah, I, I do have shitty stuff that happened in 2023, but it's not my personal stuff. So, okay, um, just stuff that I have to deal with and or assist in dealing with and affects me mentally and stuff. Um, don't know if I'm ready to talk about that stuff yet. So, understandable, man. Makes sense. I, I am sorry for that shit that you're dealing with. Um, I'm kind of adjacent to it um just because i know you so i am sorry having to see you deal with it so i thank you for that i hope it gets better um we have to hold on to that hope that it will yeah so so i'm wishing the best for you and those involved and uh just hope hope for a lot more better than any more worse so yep definitely awesome well, let's talk about something funny now. Let's talk about something funny. Anybody that knows me or knows my group of friends knows I got a, a Bayern brother of mine named Garrett Miller. Uh, I call him Garrett Mueller uh, just because I like to give people German names. Um, but so Garrett hates France. Garrett hates France. Um, I dislike France, but he takes my dislike and just way beyond it. So it was really funny this year when his wife had a... Uh, a, a uh, every year, uh, his wife's a teacher. Every year in the summer, they have a, a, a get-together, an event uh, where they go and do teacher shit in European countries. So a couple of years ago, they were in Germany. This year, they went to France. So my buddy Garrett, who hates France, got to spend a week in France. And uh, we made a lot of baguette jokes about him being over there, and his wife took it to an extreme level. Her goal was to get photos of him with baguettes while they were over there, and she only accomplished that once. So she took a bunch of photos from him this year and photoshopped baguettes into the photos with him. And, like, it it, it starts off with just a wonderful, uh, she turned it into a calendar. Um, it's a pretty awesome calendar. Um, so, yeah, so... She, she went through, took a bunch of photos of him. Uh, like, here's him at the Eiffel Tower kissing a baguette. Um, that was pretty hilarious. Uh, February is him with a baguette. Um, March and April are just other <laughs> funny photos of him with baguettes. Uh, they're in June. My, my birth month has him sleeping with a baguette. Uh, I'm going to actually probably just, like, scroll these photos on the screen while I'm talking about it since it's not showing up very well. But, like... Um, uh, I, I got I got to be in one of the photos uh, for September. He took a picture from our uh, Shingtoberfest and put a baguette in all of our hands uh, while we're wearing later hosen. So uh, hats off to Kara. She did an amazing job with this calendar. Uh, she handed them out to a bunch of us uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, she gave one to every member of the Bayern group. So 
that's just a really awesome thing that she did. It was top-notch, well done, Kara. Absolutely hilarious. What a great joke. Um, very, very proud to have uh been a small part of, of getting that made and, and being a part of it. And she she nailed it with her Photoshop skills on that. It was it was very well done and a lot of fun. <laughs> on last month's episode, uh you told me that you and Letha were gonna try to watch Secret Santa, because as Last episode went, and as this episode went, I talk about Secret Santa a lot. Did that happen? It did not. I'm not going to lie. There's always next year. (laughs) We'll we'll try again next year. Dude, everything in the month of December has just been like... Sure. It's so fast going in every direction that, uh, yeah, uh, I'm sorry that I don't have that for you. That's all But, uh, yeah, that's where we're at. I do not, I have not seen it. All right. So. Well, then on to my next Jason question. Um, I was present for Christmas. I saw one of your Christmas presents. So um, I think our listeners need an update on um, on some of your DVD stuff or Blu-ray stuff. I don't even know if they're DVDs or Blu-rays anymore. I don't even know. what What's an you update on? You can't, you can't do an actual... Uh, you can't do 3D on DVD unless you're doing the oh. red and white. The stereographic is only on Blu-ray okay. because of how much information is on it. So, Makes sense. So your uh, Blu-ray, cl- you got some 3D stuff to, to update us on. I did. Uh, I am now up to 124 3D movies on Blu-ray. And like, So I know you're a part of some groups. Is there like a, a grand total number? Like, are you at like 128 out of like 200? Or are you at 128 out of like 400? Like uh, I've got one twenty four out of. Sorry. It's probably somewhere in the realm of like five or six hundred. Oh, okay, gotcha. At least uh, it might be closer to eight hundred if you include all of like the, like the documentary ones and like the IMAX ones, and then right. you also have, you also have pornographic three D ones, which I do not own any of those. Um, all right, I would Christmas, t- I would Christmas t- and birthday present. I would tell you if I did, um, but no, um, for Christmas, uh, I don't love these movies, but the director I'm talking about and uh, makes wonderful movies most of the time, but then he decided to go make one book that was very, very short into three very long movies, um, but I love his Lord of the Rings trilogy. And I really enjoy his extended cuts of the Lord of the Rings. Um, I've never seen the extended cuts of The Hobbit. So I'm hoping that there'll be better movies as extended cuts uh, compared to the uh, theatrical versions. But my uh, my parents ended up getting me the trilogy of The Hobbit um, in 3D. And they are the extended editions. That was one of my Christmas gifts um also recently i purchased um kiss me kate on 3d um which is a musical where that uh it's a musical that did uh oh my gosh my daughter did a report on a famous person from indiana and the person that she chose or she ended up getting for her project was cole porter um okay. so and he wrote the music for Kiss Me Kate. So I ended up getting that so that we could watch that together and she could enjoy that. Um 
But yeah. Does, it, so, does anybody uh, stream 3D movies? Like, is there is it streaming 3D possible? It is. It is. Okay. Uh, there's a few of them. Uh, most of it's through Voodoo. If you're going oh, okay. to do it, okay. um, I own the Three Musketeers with like, oh god, the um, oh gosh, what? Who is that? I can't remember the guy who played D'Artagnan in that version. It's got Ray Winestone. Um, yeah, I know the version you're talking. Very about. good yeah. version. Yeah, it wasn't I, a very good. Version. I can't remember the, so, the kid's name, but I know the version you're talking about. I think he's. I think he was the kid who was in. Um, the Maze Runner? The Three Musketeers. Um, that timeline doesn't seem right. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I am wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah. Logan Lerman? Uh, is the is D'Artagnan? And what else did that kid do? No, he, he is not TV, one of my favorites. He did a TV series that I like. He did parts of Being a Wallflower. Yes. Yeah. He's on Hunters. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in the Patriot um, as a smaller part. Why? Why are you? Why is my move from favorites? But uh, Ray Stevenson. Sorry, not Weinstone. Uh, Ray yeah, Stevenson, yeah. Mila Jovovich, um, Luke Evans is in it. Orlando Bloom, mm-hmm. uh, Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, Christoph Waltz is in it. This was like the first thing that Christoph Waltz did, like right after 2011, right? Yeah. yeah, and this was like what he did right after what was that? Um, Inglorious Bastards, Bastards. yeah, yeah. So he plays Cardinal Richelieu. Um, yeah, it had a great cast. I just remember the movie just being blah, like just being okay. It was. Um, I bought it on, I've never owned a 3D streaming movie. Gotcha. And it was on like a super sale. So I was like, I want to see what this is like. Nice. I bought it thinking I could use Voodoo from my TV or whatever. And then that didn't end up working out. So I ended up, uh, so I owned it for like a year. And then I finally got a Apple TV, like 4K, oh, okay. 64 gigabyte one that um, that could play that okay. uh, version. So that's the only way you can get Super Mario Brothers in 3D is through Voodoo. Um, And then there's a couple of other movies that you can't get anymore on Blu-ray. Or if you do, you're buying them from like Japan and they're like 50 to 80 or $100 a piece. And I refuse. The only one that I've ever purchased that was that high uh, cost wise was uh, T2. Okay. they did not re- do a U.S. release of the Blu-ray, the 3D Blu-ray. They only did a, um, the only one that was region-free was a Japanese version. And I paid like, I waited until that was on sale, so I ended up paying like $42 for that. But considering it's one of my favorite movies of all time, and I never got to see it, and I missed it while it was in 3D at the theaters, because we didn't get it for some stupid reason, Um that was while we were like getting no 3D movies booked while we were working at the theater gotcha. for some reason. Um, but yeah, so I missed out on it and I paid $42. I think it was 42 for T2. Have it, you watched it? it? Yeah, it's Is wonderful. It oh, it's a great transfer. Um, um, James Cameron like did the 3D transfer himself too. Like he was heavily, heavily involved with making sure it got done properly um and so yeah like it's uh 
it's a really really solid one that predator titanic all solid transfers going into 3d that weren't 3d originally so oh, i didn't even know there was a predator in 3d that's cool <laughs> Dude, uh, when he takes off the mask uh-huh. for the, the end of the movie, and like he's got all the different layers from like his, all like his face, yeah, it's fantastic. That nice. and like the guerrilla warfare scene at the very beginning of the movie when they infiltrate the bad guys and they're like shooting up the place. Okay, yeah, that's it's awesome, awesome depth to it. It's really cool. So very cool. Yeah. Well. Um, before we get into the next uh, category of stuff to talk about, you got any random potpourri stuff you want to bring up? Anything else on your mind you want to talk about? Do you have it on here? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Is it yeah. on there? Okay, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, we can just talk about it later okay. as far as that goes. Um, no, um, no? I'm good. Cool. Well, then let's move on to the potpourri part that I'm very excited about. Um, post-heart attack, I post-heart attack, post-losing Snoopy, not having drive or motivation in life at the moment. Uh, I'm excited about a lot of the stuff we're, we're going to talk about here in a minute. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, starting in 1999, you and I started doing film stuff together. Uh, we didn't make our first movie until the next year in 2000, but in the in September of 99, you and I said, I mean, honestly, it started in April of 99 with our first failed project that we had, uh, which transitioned into uh, September of 99 when we started writing Consternate, which we then made in 2000. Um, yeah. Getting to be creative with you is something I've always loved. Um, the movies that we made... Um, you know, any of the random stuff that we've done has always been a blast last year, um, or this year, technically in 2023, we did a couple of small things together, including Sarah's cookie wars for selling of Girl Scout cookies. And yeah, this, you brainstormed an idea about doing some Star Wars stuff. And we made something that I'm very proud of that I thought was pretty cool. You've spent an entire year coming up with some pretty awesome ways to expand it. Uh, so the first thing I want to talk about creatively, the next few topics we're going to talk about are all creative stuff that we have coming up in the next two years. Uh, but the first one I want to talk about is uh, you've got a plan and a plot for Cookie Wars 2, uh, which I call, oh, I just called it Cookie Wars Episode 2. I don't know if you have a, a title for it yet. Um, but you got some ideas to to take the idea of Ray delivering cookies across the galaxy. And uh, I'm very excited that we're going to work on that here soon together. You want to talk about that? Um, I think you're being a little premature with some stuff, but I mean, for the most part, you hit the, my daughter is selling cookies. Um, she, I need to get some stuff put together so that I can get things moving in the right direction for it. Um, I'm thinking about us calling it Cookie Wars, The Empire Bakes Back. Oh, um, I like that. I like that. Okay, um, okay. And, uh, but yeah, um, because of my <laughs> nerdum and, and silliness that comes with it, um, you and, uh, you, our friend Mark and my brother Mike made 
my son's Star Wars birthday party. Pretty awesome. You dressed up like a Jedi. You should insert that picture here. Um, and then, uh, but uh, yeah, so um, you dressed up like a Jedi. Mark dressed up like the Mandalorian. And um, and then Mike dressed up as Darth Vader for us. And yeah, it, and then I dressed up a little bit like uh, an X-Wing pilot jedi person um so but yeah we it it's something that you and i oh geez when was that that would have been 99 was the first 102 was the second one so i think it was around 2000 it was right after we shot consternate we were going to put together that star we were going to put together a star wars fan film yeah. um that never came to fruition the way that we wanted it to um what's interesting now is lucas stole my idea of having a jedi killer when he had darth or when he had general grievous with all the lightsabers like that was my idea before before like mine was gonna be a wookie that did it um but yeah oh man like i I wish that fan film would have happened we uh we put a lot of pre-production stuff into it including the the shorts you're about to talk about well, yeah, we, you know, we, we did some lightsaber battles back in the day um, that you did a lot of editing on. Uh, but with everything that we have at our disposal nowadays uh, and how much easier it should be, uh, it should be. Um, I definitely want to make uh cookie wars part two and, um, and, and see what we can do to a help Sarah sell some cookies, but B also to just, get to the point where we're having fun and being creative Absolutely. being able to being able to shoot on our phones with a the resolution that we do get off of that is kind of silly and stupid <laughs> um uh, so like why not take advantage of that i've got I've, I've got a few toys you've got a few toys that as far as like production equipment and stuff that we can use that can definitely help with that kind of stuff so there's no reason why we shouldn't take advantage of that and have fun while we're doing it so well and and another toy that i've been having my eye on but will probably be bought before we shoot cookie wars to kind of make filming slash editing a little easier um getting getting a 4k or 5k camera that shoots directly onto sd cards so that we don't have to upload stuff to the cloud um is is on my radar because of some of the other projects that we've also got coming up so yeah, we should be able to um Cookie Wars will be fun. And that's I mean, my you, next thing. You're telling me I'm getting premature, but bro, like we filmed it last February. Like she's gonna start selling cookies here soon. Yeah, my wife pointed that out. My wife was like, you know, we start selling cookies at the end of January, right? And I was like, fine, okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I've got to reach out to a friend of ours who has a green screen uh that we a portable green screen system and we can take that. Uh, we've got a shooting location that'll make that easy, where we can control the environment completely. Yep. Um, and uh, so, I mean, we we have all everything that we need to get it moving in the right direction. Uh, we just got to find the time. I got to finish fleshing out what kind of story and like. Um, I was thinking it might actually, <laughs> even if it's just stick figures, kind of storyboarded out so that we yeah. can figure out exactly how I want to kind of go about it. Although I kind of liked how we did last year. Um, um, it was a little bit easier to be able to 
maybe it's just our gorilla still gorilla filmmaking style that we just never really got into storyboards at all and sure. it's more about how it feels and and i don't and it call it lazy go ahead yeah like you know what i mean like it's it but it feels more genuine when we're trying to figure out what we're doing when we're there um well i mean even even on reunion when i actually did try to do storyboards a they were just stick figures and b it wasn't it didn't always turn out the way that i stick figured it out on storyboards like we just kind of we're both very in the moment what actually looks good with the environment that we have yeah because it's i mean it's we're not we don't have professional scouts going out and looking at things and everything else so it's a little bit easier to just deal with it um but yeah i don't know uh so cookie wars 2 looking forward to it and then uh i i jokingly talked about a different kind of uh uh film short film that would be kind of funny and silly and then uh you're you're trying to make me stick to it and trying to make me actually make this film um but I don't want to, you have it as a something we want to talk about. I don't want to talk about this because I think it's such a genius idea that I don't want, I don't want to leave it out there in the ether because I w- I'd rather us be able to film the whole thing and finally show it and then just be totally like, let people be exposed to it that way. But um, because okay. I think that would be a lot more fun. Then I will not discuss the plot, but so. I will say that you made a mistake by pitching me a Christmas-themed idea for a short film. (laughs) Because in the entire time you've known me, I've pre-written two different scripts around Christmas time that have nothing to do with, with what your pitch was about. But you know I love Christmas. And you pitched me an idea that is revolved around Christmas. In the same way that Die Hard is revolved around Christmas. Oh, shut up! But I'm not. But I'm saying like, it's it's something that I loved the pitch when you pitched it to me, and as your producer, I'm going to push you to come up with it, or I might pre come up with it and make you flesh it out. But um, I think it's genius. I understand why you don't want to put it out there for anybody else to potentially steal from us talking because obviously like i explained lucas stole stuff from me with episode two and a jedi killer so obviously we have great ideas that hollywood steals um and i mean like we just went and watched a movie a couple of weeks ago that obviously hollywood stole the idea for the book that i never finished because um the shift was very similar plot to a novel that i wrote 38 chapters of um and yeah so I understand you not wanting to talk about it yet, but I will say you made a mistake by pitching me a Christmas idea that I really love and I really think it's a great idea. And even if we just make it into a 20 minute short, I think it could be a lot of fun. I think we have the friend group to cast it easily. And uh, as long as we get the plot and the story figured out, like you said, we currently have a location at our disposal that we could we could film some of this stuff in and make it pretty dope. And uh, yeah, so we can we can leave everything else ambiguous, but um, hopefully by next Christmas, we have a Christmas project to release because um, I'd be really excited about it because I think it was a genius idea. I love it and I want to make it happen. 
my announcement for 2024. Um, 2024 is the 25th anniversary of 1999. Um, in, uh, in 2002, I started the uh, 23 year anniversary of 1999 by doing Shane Talks 99. And I got all the way up through the May 19th episode um, every week on the day correlating with release dates in 1999. I would do an episode of the podcast by myself and just talk about the movies that were released on that day in 1999. And I loved it. It kind of made me go out and buy a bunch of old VHS tapes. I bought a lot of them on digital so that I could watch them because I hadn't seen them since 1999. Um but then, unfortunately, the divorce happened, and I just lost all motivation for doing podcasts. And then I thought about maybe trying to redo it again this year, and it just didn't. It By the time it came to May, I just still wasn't ready to do it. So next year, for the 25th anniversary of 1999, I am finally going to do the last seven months of Shane Talks 99, where I will start with uh, in May. I don't think anything released on May 26th. I think everything was afraid of competing with Star Wars. So I don't believe May 26th will have an episode, but uh, obviously June will kick off with Tarzan. I think June, no, Tarzan was later in June, wasn't it? I don't remember off the top of my head. I know it was released in June. I just can't remember if it was the beginning of June or the end, but uh, yeah. So there's a lot of movies coming up in 1999 that I'm excited to talk about. Well, because I'm excited to talk about anything 1999, but I mean, we got Tarzan and the Iron Giant. Just thinking of two kids' movies off the top of my head. That summer was, oh, that summer's going to suck when I have to talk about Wild Wild West, though. So there will be some doubt. Oh, and I'll have to talk about South Park as well. I was not a fan of that movie that summer, but. June 18th is Tarzan. 18th. Okay, cool. So it won't be the first. Uh, then I think the first June episode is going to be um, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. I think that was early in June that year. We'll see. Whatever whatever the case may be, the first uh, weekend that there was a released movie after Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace uh, will be the episode I kick that back up and uh, and get those put out. And I'm excited about doing that. Um, then we have a 2025 announcement. Don't shake your head, man, because this we had a lot of fun on Friday night talking about this with, with a lot of our friends and, and they were very supportive of it. So um, our friend Mark for years has been pushing me to write a movie called C2. In the vein of Terminator 2, he thinks the sequel should be called C2 um, and it will be a, a consternate sequel. Um, spoilers for a movie that's almost 25 years old. Um, you're the killer and you get away with it at the end of consternate and we always kind of left it open to follow chris geller and where he went next chris geller will return is what we said at the end of that movie we did hundred percent. that was going to happen we always did and it is finally going to happen um and man like i yeah i want to say stuff but i don't want to say because i obviously don't want to give plot points away for the movie but we uh you and i so anyway uh first first up I finally talked to Mark and I were talking uh, at Luke's birthday party and I, he was pushing me for it again. And he was kind of trying to convince me, Hey, here's the things that are, that are why this should be on your radar right now, why you should do it. And it finally just clicked with me that 2025 
December of 2025 will be the 25th anniversary of Consternate. We released it on December 19th of 2000. Um, so 25 years sounds like a good time to put a sequel out. Cause like, that's the big thing right now. Like look at Top Gun, like look at Ghostbusters. Like you take something from a long time ago and you do the sequel now. Uh, so yeah, so for the 25th anniversary, I have promised Mark that in 2024, I will write the sequel. And in 2025, we will film it and we will get it ready to be released by December of 2025. Uh, so that's the announcement that I'm officially committing myself to. Um, I'm hoping you're on board for it because you and I on Friday night had a great brainstorming session and we came up with a plot that I think we could roll with. Um, I've thought of some more stuff to add to it to talk to you about later, but um, I want to connect pretty much all of our Gemini films. So a lot of our friends that we still have that are alive, that were in other movies, and by alive, I mean they didn't get killed off in consternate. That's not what I meant by like friends that are in our stuff that are not alive in real life anymore. I mean, like they survived consternate. The Gemini films universe. Yes. Um, I want to take some characters from Reunion and bring them into this. Want to maybe see about bringing a character or two from To Change the World and bring them into this. So you're Obviously, basically making Jay and Silent Bob strike back. But with a serial yeah. killer who's killing off all of these characters from our universe that was always connected. We always had these characters that were friends with other characters in other movies that cameoed in other movies. So we always set it up. There was a, it was all in the same universe. So somebody kills off some people. And we keep killing off other characters from our other movies to bring it all together that all these movies were connected. And I will talk to you about who I have my theory of this being, being, and how I want to do this with you. And then um, I have a way where the cliffhanger of C2 <laughs> is, is, is going to lead into perhaps in the future we finally make the hallway movie oh god uh, yeah so the the cliffhanger from c2 how i how i see that playing out in an ending is going to end with a character that was that was brainstormed in the 2000 script outline that myself dave lichty and scott grow put together that i tried turning into a novel back in like 2015 I started writing a novel based on the hallway, taking all the characters. We had a really fleshed out, we were going to make a Twin Peaks style television show called The Hallway. And we were going to do a lot of really weird and crazy stuff with it. And I loved what we were doing. So I got permission from Scott and Dave to try to turn it into a novel. Uh, and I just never finished that. Because like most of my novels, I start writing and then I get distracted. Um, so anyway one of the main characters from the hallway that never occurred. I, I think I got a way to bring them into the loop as the cliffhanger of C2 so that perhaps eventually we could make the hallway movie down the, not maybe not a, a TV show or a book anymore, but maybe condense it down into a movie for the hallway, bringing that character into this universe also. I don't know. I'll pitch it to you try to explain to you how I see these dots connecting, but I'm, I'm on excited. a side, different side note. Yeah, go for it. You got to talk to Tony and Nate 
and Micah. Yep. And we got to see one of our old employees when we went to go see Phoenix on the fault line on Friday. Yep. And got to spend a lot of time just chatting and hanging out and fleshing some things out. And it's always a great time. Micah, who did the music for our for our um the intro music for the show. Here. Yep. Our intro to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for that, sir. Well, and like um, that was great chatting with him because part of the conversation was, hey, when we make Consternate 2 that I've committed to now, would you be up for helping us with the music on it? Which I know Mark can also be involved with it. I don't know about pairing Mark and Micah together. Like, I mean, not that I don't think they could work together. I don't know if Mark would be interested, but Micah's at least said that he would be interested in, in writing some music for us for it. So we've definitely got that. Obviously, we can use mark's band music at various points in the in the movie and whatnot but um yeah so maybe even yeah. some phoenix on the fault line stuff absolutely that would be a blast to have them involved so uh yeah got to see nate i uh, got to see tony i uh, got tony to commit to playing his character from reunion who was a complete douchebag who deserves to die so um while our main character attempted to kill him in Reunion, uh, we'll actually finish it this time in, in C2. Um, Micah has agreed to be willing to play a character. It doesn't... I don't remember where he's been in our universe. I feel like he's done something, but maybe he's only ever done music for us. Why do I feel like Micah's been... Micah's been in something. I'm gonna yeah, I don't know if he's ever been... He's been in our videos. <laughs> uh, true. Yeah, yeah. He's at least in a music video somewhere. Anyway. I don't know yeah, if he was so, actually in any, any of the movies. Uh, Nate was our bartender in Crazy About You. So I don't know if we necessarily nope. will bring him back as, as the bar. I mean, we could possibly. I mean, I have access to bars, so we could always film at a bar, and it could always be old Nate still being a bartender. Uh, we could definitely write that into the into the script somehow. Um, building are you friends with people that run that building with which building? where we shot previously oh yeah where we yeah. shot previously yes yep so we could potentially even get back into the same building and use the same location potentially potentially yep um if, if not i am closer friends with other bar owners where we would have access to a different bar that i could guarantee easier than but yes i potentially with the right string pulling could get us back into the exact same bar. well and if worse comes to worst we could always talk about how that that original bar like burned down sure for insurance purposes or something and and then they rebuilt the bar and now it's magically the ones we have access to yeah so, so we're absolute worst case i can write a scene for a bar and 100 guarantee a bar to film it in but I can still also try to get us back in the exact same bar where we shot Crazy About You at. Um, it's not outside of the realm of possibility that I can pull that. So that would be cool. That's definitely something that we could try to work into this, get Nate back in, have a scene take place at the bar. And then, you know, much like, you know, Amber's scene leaving working in the movie theater, Nate leaves work in the bar and ends up getting killed. Because, um, yeah, I mean, like, I'm probably going to follow a lot of the dots that we had laid out in the original consternate as far as uh, how things play out. A lot less time with people on the phone, though. I think I'm going to try to make myself um, not have people talking on landlines um, in a 2025 what? movie. Yeah, 
I might throw one scene in there just for nostalgic purposes. I really wish I still had access to my parents' house because that would be cool. But I don't, and I have no way of making that happen. But, I mean, your brother survived consternate, so we can definitely bring back Larry McKenzie for a scene. Um, looking looking forward to doing that. Um, I, I don't know if you're still in contact with Matt Gibson. Uh, we might have to reach out to Chris Spurgeon, get a couple of our Crazy About You reunion people, get them looped back in and try to, try to kill them off. Gibby lives in uh, California. Oh, well, that's going to so, be really good. But difficult. I do know that he comes back into town every now and then. Okay, okay. Scheduling so if we had it at least ahead of time, we might be able to figure that out. Okay, so yeah, that could be fun. We can make that work. Um, we could literally set a scene in a bar with him, Chris Spurgeon, your brother, uh, all in a, in a bar together while while Nate's working. Um and then and then follow them all as they leave the bar that night as they all get killed off. Um, definitely working out some plot points now for the movie, so that could be that could be a fun way to do that. Uh, but yeah, I, I I am excited. I have been brainstorming a lot in my head. Like I said, there's a lot of stuff that I want to throw at you that I don't want to talk about publicly, obviously. Um, but yeah, so I I am excited that I feel in 2024 I have a purpose. I I am going to write the sequel to the movie that we the very first feature film that we made together and find a way for us to to make it. And I'm excited about that. Um yeah, it, it feels like it gives me purpose. So it was a lot of fun Friday night hanging out because I mean, sitting around with Micah and and Tony and Nate while we were talking about this and kind of reminiscing about some of our old uh, times when when we were doing filmmaking stuff, like ideas were just flowing. And like at one point, you know, uh, Tony made a comment and he was just like, or you could, you know, go completely ridiculous and you could do this. And it was hilarious because you and I had literally talked about doing the same thing like 30 minutes earlier. And we were like, oh, maybe our ridiculously stupid ideas actually plausible since somebody else is suggesting it also so just sitting around brainstorming with them and talking about definitely doing stuff was awesome what were you about to say no no i think you're i think you're right on point but yeah it's a good episode sir yeah lots of fun so far anything anything potpourri leftover related that you want to bring up address talk about um anything Super stoked for us to go see Serenity on the big screen again. Oh, That's happening yeah. this month. Yep. We're at Flick's Brew House. Uh, I think that was what the 13th? 13th, and then a couple days later is the Iron yeah, Giant. 13th, 13th is January the 13th. Uh, so there's a seven o'clock showing of Serenity. I'm super excited about that. I don't know if I can make the Iron Giant or not because of the fact that we have some stuff going on that same weekend. Gotcha. Um, if I were to go, I would have to go on the Sunday. Okay. Um, but I'm trying to figure out because we have some stuff going on. I'd love to see the Iron Giant on the big screen again. Fantastic movie. If you've never seen it, take the time to watch it. Absolutely. And um, but yeah, we um super stoked about Serenity. My wife's joining us for that. Yeah, it's awesome. Hopefully, some of our other friends that we've invited join us as well. Yeah. I hope so. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that. So, very cool. Uh, yeah. You got anything so, cool for Christmas? Uh, not really. Uh, 
Mo- I'm no money is what I get for Christmas now. So it literally just goes to pay bills. I'm trying to think if I bought myself anything cool. Tickets to Disney. Yeah, to, yeah. Well, yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Yep. So yeah, that's where a lot of my Christmas money went was to pay for that vacation. So yeah, that's when when we're down there, I will be enjoying uh my Christmas, my Christmas. So it's gonna be a blast. Go ahead. Nope, we're good. Oh, we're so yeah, great episode. I literally have no idea what we're gonna do for February. Um, so I have nothing to announce for next month. I haven't even thought about guests that we could possibly have on. Um, I have no idea what we're gonna do for March this year. I, I literally have have no idea what we're gonna do for March. Um, but April, I've got April planned out. Uh, I'm gonna try to get Jason Richardson and Troy on together for the April episode because um as there's an NFL draft in April, I want to do a musical draft. Not musical like musicals, but a music draft. I guess that would be a, a better term for it. Um, so yeah, so I think in uh, our April episode will be you, me, Troy, and Jason Richardson picking songs from various categories to put together our uh, playlist. And then, uh, and then your poll for that next month will be putting up a graphic with all of our songs that we chose and we'll ask people who had the best draft and we'll uh we'll get an answer that way so yeah but before we get to april i gotta figure out what we're going to talk about in february trying to stay away from doing romantic movies um but we'll figure something out we'll find a twist on that somehow maybe uh but yeah and then uh march i have no idea so been too focused on putting together the C2 ideas, man. Mark finally got in my head, man. But uh, yeah, so awesome, brother. Uh, again, thank you so much for including me with your family stuff for Christmas. It meant a lot to me. Um, of course. Yep. Uh, thank you to uh, my other friends that included me in Christmas stuff. Everybody that reached out for Christmas. Like, it sucks being alone at the holidays, but I mean, I am very blessed that I have a lot of great friends that, uh, like you and your family and the Miller family, that make sure um, that I'm not as alone as I as I think I am. So, really appreciate everybody that that made that. So, uh, dude, thank you for your time tonight. Thank you to everybody who's listening, and we'll be back with some topic in the month of February. Until next month, I don't have a good catchphrase to end the episode. Deuces.